0: Testing, testing. One, two, three, 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 three. Welcome and thank you for joining me, or thank you for joining us for the Backlick Cinema Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe, Z-O, or ZO. if you're outside of the U.S. We're taking a look at the movies of yesteryears. This episode is sponsored by the Book of Lies Podcast. This is the sixth sixth. Whoa, whoa, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get it out. The 67th episode. All right. It still didn't sound right. I'm starting. I'm sounding like Sylvester the Cat, but we're going to move through this. Thank you for downloading or streaming. We really appreciate it. The reason we started the show was to strengthen the bond between my son, Zach, Mizo. So we watched movies that I loved when I was growing up in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. And I'm going to tell you what Zach thought uh, about these classic movies that we just watched yesterday. If you like this show, then rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and com or your favorite podcast app. And finally, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find the details in the show notes. And now, without further ado, as promised, I have some very special guests, some guests I hold dear to my heart. There was a time when early in my podcast listening adventure, I was looking for a show, that would talk about stuff that I wanted to listen to that from a perspective that's similar to my own. I grew up a Black nerd, and it's frowned upon to be a Black nerd when you're growing up. Sure, it's cool now. But back when I was growing up, that joint wasn't cool. (laughs) So I would like to introduce to you two people who have a podcast that is very dear to my heart. On my left, he is the captain of the spaceship a Hollywood screenwriter, a fantastic podcast host, and a DJ extraordinaire. On my right, uh, she is the grand duchess of tech, famed author and columnist, incomparable podcast personality. And together they defend the kingdoms of nerddom on their outstanding podcast For all nerds, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you here right now, DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana king Jones. I gotta I got applaud you guys. I gotta applaud you. I, yes. I don't have an applaud machine but yes. I am applauding you right here right now.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate the intro. I should have told you my name is Tatiana King. <laughs> my bad. That's, that's all right. I,
0: that's I've been fault. writing. <laughs> I've been putting it on Twitter and everything and sometimes I hear you say it so I, I, yeah. was, I was like yeah okay maybe she got married or something I don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's Miss King's everybody but thank you so much for the beautiful introduction really happy to be here I know Ben Amin's excited too
2: word up thank you very much you know uh finally nice to meet you Zoe and be on this show right here so thank you
0: thank you so much for being here I, I very much appreciate it and uh what I'm telling you is true um I was when I was uh first discovered even what a podcast was I think that was I don't know 2018 I guess um and I you know I started finding shows normally you get the the European Americans their shows are like pushed to the top so you start listening to that first <laughs> and then later on you start well you know where's my voice where are my people at and you gotta you gotta look for your own people a lot of times and then uh and I actually went on the internet search to find out, you know, where are the black nerds at? Right. <laughs> and, then, and then I found you guys and I was like, yeah, th- this is what I'm talking about. This is what I was looking for. This is, is going to fill that hole that had been developing in uh, my podcast listening experience. So I'm glad that I was able to find you, your podcast for nerds. And I'm glad you're able to make it to this little show that I call the Backlick Cinema Podcast.
2: Oh man, thank you for having us for real, you know, and uh, we're happy to be here and we're happy to represent, you know, we're for all nerds. We are a podcast that distresses geek culture from the perspective of people of color, the voice of the urban geek, you know, inclusion is revolution and all that good stuff. And yeah,
0: you know, we're here. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. So um, I had some questions. Uh, my listeners know that I am not a one to give great interviews i'm i'm not an interviewer i'm just some dude with a computer I, i'm just i I just went to best buy and bought a couple of mics and here i am trying to interview some of my heroes but we're going to get it done i'm going to ask some questions they might be stupid that might be too personal it might get too deep and you might say no we can't do that but so if i get in there just just stop me just stop me right then and there but
2: that'd be interesting I, that'd be a first but i
0: got <laughs> well but well, here's here's a question i want to throw out to the both of you so given that you both graduated from how harvard did you, wait 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 uh, wait wait, wait. Oh, wait not harvard it was uh it was howard, no, howard. <laughs> you howard. had it right harvard. i heard it
1: coming yeah. out correctly yeah. yes right right yes the the, the higher hu yes yeah yes. Howard yes. university the real HU. <laughs> Right.
0: so you both graduated from a howard did you do all of the touristy stuff the touristy things while while you were here in Washington D.C. because I'm in the Washington D.C. area. That's where oh, I'm passing okay. that's, that's from. That's where uh, I live at. I'm in the DMV. I'm I'm actually uh about 15 miles from the White House. I guess southeast mm. <laughs> mm. south I'm southeast from the White House. So my question was um. So did you do the touristy things when you're here? Did you go to the monuments, the museums? Did you visit the cherry blossoms? Did you listen to the go-go music? Did you go to the street fairs, the taste of D.C.? Did you do all of those things while you were here?
2: Those are a bunch yeah. of different things right there. Like- yeah,
1: and, and <laughs> it and it's, and it's, depends, right? So like yeah. I didn't do any of the Personal. typical touristy no. things like go to monuments and museums. And I mean, I did that after the fact, right, after I graduated, yeah. when I came back. And, and when Obama won. Right, right.
3: That's I was still a
1: tourist there. at that point. But as far as did I engage in D.C. culture, absolutely. Did I learn Shit. a lot? Was I educated on D.C. culture a lot? Yes. Didn't know anything about no go-go music, um, mambo sauce. Oh, you know, Like, And I'm just touching on very surface level things before anybody from D.C. come at me. But I did learn more about that being ingrained into the culture. Like D.C. is very... It, when I was there the gentrification was just happening so it was right in the middle of of the transformation of the howard area you know now where it just like it looks like an extension of georgetown at this point and but and and it's kind of wild seeing that i saw like i was literally there between the before and after um Mm -hmm. i graduated in 09 so it it It's interesting because, like I said, I I was able to still get that experience of being with people from the area and learning about the history of the area and learning about their contributions to Howard, to 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 the neighborhood, how Howard students before me came and, and contributed to the neighborhood. And really, I would say my understanding of D.C. grew from black culture. Right. Like just how how we, you know, the music, the, the the lingo, like everything about it just stemmed from learning through that. So in um, that way, yes, I did engage in it. Did I go to Washington Monuments and all that? No. Uh, I think I did go to the Cherry Blossom Festival like once, but yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think I've been to the Cherry Blossom Festival in New York more times than I went in D.C. And uh, I damn sure didn't go to no monuments, but I was all up in that, you know, like as far as D.C. Like I was at Howard before Tatiana, so I was in D.C. when it was Chocolate City, for real, for real. When when Howard was indistinguishable from DC, you know, when it was when 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 it was lit. If you stepped one block off a of campus, you know, it was going <laughs> down on Gerard Street. It was going down on Hancock. You know, it went down like oh, so um, uh, man, yeah. And I was all up in DC, and you know, I saw Chuck Brown live once. Um, I'm good friends with uh, Biggie from Backyard. You know, as a DJ, you know, go go just became like secondhand to me. I just love music in general. So, go go. Once I got, you know, once I saw it live, I was became addicted to it. You know, just like any, yeah. I was playing some go go
0: earlier today. So, I love yeah. go go. <laughs> yep. Right, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. all day. Yeah, I'm uh growing up. I was always I was spent most of my my life outside of DC, so I wasn't really in that life mm. like that. So, but
3: oh,
2: my nah. brothers
0: my brothers loved that life. they was already it's like the the lit area where i live at that that was southeast dc yeah you was and, in it. uh yeah so um uh, my brothers uh especially my youngest brother he was he was all about southeast dca me not so much right <laughs> i'm just i'm just thriving through <laughs> i'm just but now now when you go there it's like one time i saw i saw a white person come out of a of a brownstone and. Uh, in Southeast, I was like, well, where, where they do that at? Right? When did that happen?
2: <laughs> uh, that's all over Southeast.
0: <laughs> I know it's, it's completely different. Now you got the wharf, the wharf is all clean up. The wharf is like, now like a place you want to go. It's amazing now. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, it's, I, I suffered the same culture shock because I had left DC and I was gone for like, I don't know, a while, like 10 years. And then I came back and it was, I was mar- marveled at all the changes that had happened. So um. Are you both originally from New York City?
2: No.
1: Ben mean, is not from uh, New York. I'm from okay. East New York, Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm from... Right,
2: right. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, Third Ward, South Side. Ah, yeah. Right. Home of Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper. Was yeah. it... Yeah.
0: Did you move around a lot before you got to New York City?
2: Um, I've lived... Uh, let's see. I was born in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I moved to Houston when I was super young. I've... Then I lived in D.C. for a good amount of time, and then I moved to New York, and I've lived in Los Angeles since then. So that's pretty much it for where I've lived, you know, yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't realize you're, you're broadcasting out of Los Angeles now. No,
2: no, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm out of yeah. oh, right so He's just yeah, talking about okay. all
1: the different places he's been. Oh,
2: right, yeah, right, been, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I've been back right, and forth. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn right now. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, shifting gears a little bit, who are your... Biggest influencers or influences as far as uh, screenwriting and filmmakings uh, fil- filmmakers.
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, there's so many, but like what started it all for me is George Lucas. You know, it's George Lucas and then Spike Lee were the two because Spike Lee was the first Black person I knew, and George Lucas was Star Wars, and it was like from my sister says from like a toddler I was addicted to it. You know, so that was pretty much it for me. Then writing and stuff, it's more than just screenwriting, probably. But as far as screenwriters, the person who first made me really probably consider writing more than directing, because I always wanted to direct because of Lucas, was uh, Quentin Tarantino. Because it was his words where I was like, wow, like that. You know, I I was just talking about it today because I was watching a screenwriting thing by him on YouTube. So I was talking about it today, how I watched Reservoir Dogs. You know, stopped it, rewound the tape, and watched it again. Like the first time I ever saw it, like I was like, this is something, you know. And then Kevin Smith is another one because I love his dialogue. Um, but now there's so many because now I've read so many screenplays and stuff like Sorkin. I mean, it just goes on and on down the line, you know. Like, yeah, I could, you know. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I like Aaron Sorkin, but yeah. I know for me, I don't. I can't answer that question for you because, from a relative perspective, screenwriting and and really studying that has been a new thing for me. Right, that's maybe the last six, seven years. Right, whereas. I more was starting in the literary space about why I wanted to write, why I mm-hmm. love to write. So it was more things like Octavia Butler, um, sci-fi, things like that, that really got me into uh, Isaac Asimov, like things like that, that got me into really loving storytelling. And then through Ben Amin, really just learning about how to craft that into from to a screenwriting perspective and and scripting and things like that. So that's still something that I'm developing.
2: Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
2: I'd say the same thing too, because I didn't start on. Well, I've been watching movies and studying movies since I was a kid. But I, reading wise, I was reading stuff like Dragonlance, you know, a bunch of fantasy, any fantasy novel I could get my hands on, and then just you know, sci-fi as well, and every comic book in the world. You know, like my biggest influences are Chris Claremont, Peter David, uh, Kieran Gillen, um, pre Christopher Priest. You know, down the line, you know, uh, yeah, I already said Peter David, but yeah, you know, that's those are my biggest is comic books, Hickman, you know, everyone out there right now, probably.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I like I like the first two. The the other ones I'm not as familiar with, but I like Chris Claremont, Peter David, and I also really like John Byrne. And uh, those those he's are the ones that I really like dick. writing. <laughs> I mean, he
2: might be. I don't, I don't. I love. I have. I he, love Byrne as an artist. though. his old <laughs> stuff, yeah. Burn. I mean, I grew up on Burn. He was gone. <laughs> right. But now you got to get up on the new people like Hit. Tsh, Hitman is like, ugh, like just uh, yeah. He's he's revolutionary. One of the best.
0: And Tatiana, I, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed that uh, be, through you, I understand that Asimov is still having an impact. On younger generations
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, big time, I mean you still have stories, I mean I, you still have influence, obviously but but and this is like what fifteen years old now, Oh my god, like like um robot like (laughs) speaking of will smith um but like things like that like they're still making stories based off off of his stories they're still making movies and screenplays and there are elements that are inserted into lots of sci-fi anime all types of genres across the board and and mediums across the board that you see to this day so always will be highly influential
2: Uh, let me say one more just because i just want to say his name whenever dwayne mcduffie the creator of Mm *Milestone*. And also for his influence on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, because I just think that is some of the best storytelling in, you know, the history yeah. of storytelling. Justice League Unlimited, it's just, it's one of the best things ever created. So yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne McDuffie, rest in peace, is definitely one of the, you know, just god. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I concur. I remember when the the Milestone comics came yeah. out and I was like, I want to collect all of these. I'm I'm too poor to collect all of those, but I was... <laughs> I gave it my best effort. I I at least had. I don't know if I still have them, but I at least at one time had the first issues of all of the milestone comics.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I then, uh, as uh, as my money ran low, you know, I, I couldn't continue to collect every single one of them. But yeah, the, those comics were impressive. Well, thought of. I really like those. Uh, my favorite was Hardware. I really like the chain around the butt. That's high fashion, I must say. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I understand that. For our nerds was formerly the the fan Bro show. So how did it come to pass that uh you two, you uh DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana uh Tatiana King.
1: Tatiana Ali did, too, yeah. Ali. yeah. <laughs> I, I heard it.
0: <laughs> I'm just messing with
1: you. Good, you done. I'm
0: just messing with you. Well, how, how did it come to pass that you joined forces and um and bring those two shows together? And how did it eventually become for our nerds?
1: Sheer luck and blackness. That's how it came to pass. (laughs) Then I mean, ain't nothing
2: nothing luck. Everything is, (laughs) everything everything is is meant to happen.
1: What a a, a, a dusting of luck, because it was lucky that I saw his post on Twitter one day, many years ago, looking for um, female commentators to talk about pop and geek culture. Well, really comic books initially because the fan bros, as it used to be named was stemmed from, Reggie Osei, Combat Jack, rest in peace, always. And in Rest in Power, he had, this was kind of a spinoff off his main Combat Jack show where he wanted to talk about one of his greats love, which has always been comics. And obviously, DJ Ben Amin, he was part of that crew along with 5011 other people. Um, uh, lots, of work, lots of work and, and talking went into that. And it, it ended up being a point where Combat gave the reins to Ben Amin and said, look, man, I need you to grow this make something out of this, make, you know, make me proud. And that's what DJ Ben Amin did. This is what Ben Amin did. This is he, he went out and, and first of all, kicked out all the 511 men that were on the podcast and installed one, just two men, him and him, him and, and, and Chico Leo. And then he brought on um, women because of course he said, well, what's the point of being in a room full of men where you have all of these, I mean, it's, yeah, it's an echo chamber, but so you just don't have the all holistic view of comic books and geek culture you need the female voice there so um he put out a call to like an APB online I I saw the call I knew him from his his um please don't stare website like you know that's how I was getting music um you know <laughs> that's how I was getting music ahead of everybody on on when I was at Howard and Jeez, um so wild. Yeah, it is wild. But and, and he probably had no he probably wasn't even paying attention to his website. But anyway, I was um, paying a
2: lot of attention, but I'm not enough because <laughs> I wish I knew you then, boy. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it was myself and another woman named Jamie Reggett. We we answered that call. Um, we we had you know we basically tried out, did, did a whole episode. Our first guest was um who's our first guest, man? I mean
2: Prodigy, I think. Prodigy. I he was say our it was first prodigy. Guest. Prodigy yeah. from Mob Deep, Rest in, rest in Power.
1: Yes. So that and that's so wild to be thinking that like that was the first guess and the first time i was really on a like podcast like that and i was just sitting there like what do i do but apparently it was enough so we we ended up all clicking and obviously there's been many different iterations throughout the years in terms of posts and format and all this other stuff But fast forward to where you see now, which is for all nerds. So it's myself and Ben Amin. And obviously we have a rotating cast of of sometimes special guests, but always um, uh, a special co-host, I should say, but always um, great guests from across pop and geek culture, across entertainment. And as we said earlier, like, that's what we talk about comics, movies, films, TV, gaming at times. Like we we talk about the whole nine and we just do it from the perspective of two people who, who, who are like, like, that's my, he's my brother. Right. And the way we talk is apparently very entertaining and that's why we're still doing what we're doing. And, and it's just natural conversation between us that, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you, you vibe with, uh, so like you understand, you, you know, you wanted to have that chat with someone who was like-minded or, or, and when I say like-minded, I just mean just liking similar things, um, can have different opinions on it as we're going to talk about soon, but yeah.
2: yeah definitely and um yeah i mean you pretty much summed it up you know everyone always asks why did we change from fan bros to for all nerds and that was just because as you see it's not just bros and we were never just bros like you know from the gate like Tatiana said we did it was me combat i think matt raz was there was ty around no ty came after you right ty came after yeah so um so it's just me combat matt raz uh Rest in peace, and my other brother Sean Price. He was there early, and Chico was there. Uh, Joe Illedge was a tryout. Shout out, my other brother <laughs> Joe. And it was just like, yeah, there's way too many dudes, dog. And so I, <laughs> I immediately, you know, put out the APB. And me and Tatiana knew each other. She by that point we knew each other through Twitter. I didn't know she'd be on my website since before that, but you know, I knew of her through Twitter. We were each following each other. And Jamie Rigetti, I knew through like friends of mine but we'd never met but I knew Jamie was a singer so I knew she had a good voice at the very least and I knew Tatiana knew what she was talking about as far as like tech and geek shit in general so I was like come through and they came through and it was just like it was one of them you know magical things it's like because those four of us with Chico is the, I consider all to my family like yeah to this day you know and forever and that's just how it is and it's just been dope you know we just keep doing and we expand to do a bunch of other shows. We have views from the six one six on Marvel Focus show. We have Castle Black, which is will be returning this summer for the Game of Thrones. We had uh, the great, the Almighty Motherfucking Safe Negro Pod. I <laughs> know. Yeah. Rest in
1: power. <laughs> Rest in
2: power to Lovecraft Country. Rest in yeah. power to Safe Negro Pod, boy. But yeah, so you know, it's just been a great thing, and I I just love doing it. So I'm happy to be here.
0: That's that's pretty awesome. Um, I there was another question that had kind of popped up and then disappeared, so I'm just gonna skip right past. May, maybe it'll come back, that's and sometimes it right. happens. <laughs> but as far as the writings go, where did the AKAs come from?
2: Huh? It wasn't from Deesu Romero. Shout out to our fam, but it was not <laughs> from them. Like everybody seems to think it, got it that is from
1: us. Love. I don't know who got it love. from
2: who really. I won't. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I think I everyone don't know. got it from
1: each other. But the point is, but I know we did
2: it. it from Combat.
1: <laughs> right. Combat I did say... it on
2: one of our first shows. He was like, Oh nah, man, we're doing a you know, we're doing a superhero show. What's your AKA? That was right. like the first show we did, and I was like, I ain't got no AK. And you know, it just started from there. And then it just right. became where, you know, we gotta have to fly as AKs and you know. We- like, look I've heard a lot of different shows out there with AKAs. I right. mean
1: <laughs> and, and, and I ain't get
2: it from y'all I know that much
1: what I wanted to <laughs> say to that was that came from hip-hop that didn't come from that body yes. a show yeah. for combat right like this this but, is this was his brainchild so that didn't come from another podcast because we were a newer podcast at the time there were no other podcasts mm-hmm. that prevalent like us at the time that that we knew of you know we were all discovering each other pretty much at the same time.
2: Yeah. And also, like you said, that's from hip hop. That's from like Wu-Tang Clan. You know, when Raekwon dropped Only Built for Cuban Links on the credits, it had everybody like Method Man, a.k.a. Johnny Blaze, Ghostface Killer, a.k.a. Tony Starks. And so that's where I
0: always knew that from. That was like, you know, that's just hip hop stuff. You know, it's funny that you say that, because as you were speaking this, I remember when uh, Boys and Men came out. And they also had like alternates. Oh yeah, that, right? I mean that so, goes back to like yeah, yeah
2: like the old yeah. soul groups, you know, they would have aka's like, right, right. on their joints. Like that's all, you know, that that's just that's old game, you know. That's just right, like, yeah, right. that's that that's ain't nothing new about it. But as
0: far as podcasts,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. All
0: right, uh so this is for Tatiana. So why Grand Duchess of Tech? Uh uh, and I think I know the reason why, but for our audience, why are you the grand duchess of tech?
1: I'm curious. What, is, what do you think the reason is?
0: Well, I know that you're, you're a tech journalist. So I know you've written a lot about technology. technology I'm assuming consumer products and things of that nature. You, you've probably done some tech reviews in written form. So I am guessing that this is why you are
1: the grand duchess. Am I correct? Correct. 100% that's the answer yeah. all
3: right.
1: <laughs> and I love technology I love I love learning about it and teaching people about it like how to use new tech and just answering like it's kind of demystifying all of the 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 expertise behind it if that makes sense like all of the right. wild words that they use I'm like okay this is what they're really saying so that's that's where that name comes from
0: right so have you ever considered being a um like a YouTube tech reviewer
1: um I considered it but it requires to actually record and that is that's the that's the battle to fight right like do I want to be on camera talking to people about this it's a it's typically the answer is no and that's why I haven't right, done right, it right, right. and that's also why I I wrote instead and continue to write instead because that's my lane will I be on camera and do that stuff maybe but I am not saying yes as of today <laughs>
0: And um, the reason that made me think of that is because uh, some of my favorite videos are the ones are and like, I didn't even realize I was attracted to watching tech review videos until you know how YouTube just throw stuff at you. And I was yes. like, I didn't see what this guy is like, I was considering that phone. Let me see what he says about that phone. with yes. That weird device that he's got. And, and now um. I'm semi hooked on it, right? So I, I watch like three or four of them a week or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean,
1: I love I I know all of them, not all of them, but many of them personally. Like, um, uh, just a few of my peoples. I don't know him. This next one personally, but um, um, NKBHD. Like, I love his his videos. Like, you know, Marcus Roundley. Like, he he's great. Um, he's probably the best one in my view, just in terms of tech journalists or tech reviewers or anything like that. But yeah, there's definitely a big appeal there. It's just that it's another level of considerations and work there. And I'm already pretty busy as is. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I, I, I feel your pain. So uh then I, I was curious about your thoughts on, uh, so th- this, is, this is something you don't have to answer if you can't. <laughs> but uh, given that you are a writer on American Gods, I was curious about what your thoughts on and orlando jones exit um do you believe that the writers were uh diverse enough to write his characters or- <laughs> yeah have- have- <laughs> finish, uh, finish it, it's, it, it's almost like you're answering the question for me <laughs> finish. um do you think that he had too much influence on the writing uh regarding Ooh. uh a new um anansi a Ooh, that second part that's interesting um
2: He didn't have that on us, you know, when I was working there. We didn't have that issue with Orlando. I mean, I've known Orlando since before. I worked on American Gods because of, I think we interviewed him, right? That's how we first became cool?
1: That was maybe the third time by that time. We had had interviewed him twice at the minimum by the time you You started working on that show.
2: Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, so... So we were already tight, you know, pretty much like when I got the gig, he was so excited for me and we were hanging out in L.A. and stuff. And he'd always be like, yo, what's going on? And, you know, I'm like, you know, and so that and, and so that was our relationship. Um, I actually blabbed to somebody else uh I got in trouble. Uh I got <laughs> I got I got drunk at a party and told uh Liv, yeah, Liv Striver, right? I told him all yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, I told wait, him. Wait, wait, Sabretooth?
1: You yeah, talked to Sabretooth. Okay. Oh, I, I
2: mean, yeah, but you know, he was the leprechaun. I told him yeah. all about what our plans were for the second season. I got in <laughs> I got in mad trouble for that boy. They were Oh wait.
1: St- you're talking about you're not if you're talking about yep. Leprechaun, you're not talking about Liv. I forgot what his name is, but Striver, yeah, that is but his name is it's not Lee okay we'll talk about this later but yeah okay
2: yeah (laughs) well the leprechaun I got drunk and told the leprechaun a lot yeah I got drunk (laughs) and told my man's a lot he uh he's master chief now he's actually playing master chief on the new halo show oh that's what's up yeah so um yeah that's Pablo Pablo right Liv is his brother is that what
1: it is I don't know the relation, but Libya yeah. Sabertooth. That's why, as soon as you said that name, I was just like, Why yeah, would you talking, to, telling him br- his business?
2: They're brothers. Yep. That's okay. what it is. Yep. Okay. So um, back to the thing. I didn't rate, really, we never had that issue with Orlando. And was the room? No room is ever diverse enough in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, that's like I saw one recently, though. I think it was Southside, and I was so impressed. I was like, Wow, that room is brown. That yeah. was yeah, I think that's about,
1: why it's so. Yeah, that's why out.
2: it is what it is because yeah, that that was impre- like our room was very diverse. I'll give it you know to Michael Green and Brian Fuller. You know that I owed them for life, and our room was super diverse, and they took a lot of chances with us. And you know it was one of the illest experiences of my life. So yeah, I have no problems or you know nothing bad to say about that.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you've already told us all of the the podcasts that you're currently on. So uh, do you have any other things you want to plug, like any websites or any social media handles, uh, your, your store, anything you want to put out there for our audience where they can find you or maybe get some of your merch?
1: Yeah, so Patreon.com/slash/forallnerds. That is for people. We're an independently funded media brand, meaning we do everything ourselves out of pocket. So that's why we have a Patreon where our fan fam, as we call everybody who supports us, to help us um, do things like like produce shows to pay for our um, engineer, our social media manager, like our team that helps us um, just keep the brand going, keep it keep it going strong. Um, we also have our as you mentioned merch, tpublic, tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds. And that's where you can get a variety of really fire designs. You can put on t-shirts, uh, I think I almost said book cover. Yeah, I think you put on a book cover. You could put it on phone cases. You can put on masks. I mean, honestly, you could put these designs on everything. You have a variety of options. But that's another great way to show your support. I'm actually rocking the For All Nerds title shirt. Um, Ben-Ami is wearing the Mohawk Storm on a motorbike. That was a collab with Sketch Sawyer, the artist. Um, that is an exclusive design, I meaning you cannot get that design anywhere else with anybody. It's only on the For All Nerds store. And of course, you can get on a variety of colors and, and styles, t-shirts, hoodies, this, that, and the third. Then, of course, we are on every podcast platform imaginable. There is nowhere where you cannot find us So people follow For All Nerds, and that's also how you listen to Views from the 616, which is our Marvel-focused MCU podcast. And that's where we talk about movies, the MCU movies, the Disney Plus shows, anything that's around Marvel, that's where it's going on Views from 616. That's also the name of the social media handle, Views from 616, and then obviously at For All Nerds. And I'm at Tatiana King, and this man down there or to the left or the right, whatever you see him.
2: It's at DJ Ben Amin on pretty much everything as well. All and, right. And, and y- uh, hold on. Let me add to that because, you know, we, we, I, I promised y'all listeners. Well, I didn't promise y'all. I promised you off your air <laughs> that we would discuss how we met. And oh, gosh. B- b- before, before oh, you do, before wait. you do this one before, more thing. Before, I before I wanna... that
1: even. Twitch. Okay, right. we're on twitch yeah. twitch.tv slash Four nerds we live stream every week at least once a week sometimes more i know ben i mean he live streams his gaming all the time and sometimes he has dj sets as well he is a real full in the flesh dj so he does do his thing on there and i and of course we are on i mentioned twitter instagram we're also on tiktok and i think that's everything right
0: yes okay yeah, yeah, I was going to mention Twitch, All okay. right, but yeah. All okay. right.
1: Oh, no. One more thing. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you miss anything on our Twitch and whenever we have like just this kind of um, original videos or interviews or anything like that, they go on our YouTube page. So YouTube dot com slash for all nerds TV. We could just go and Google for all nerds TV and it'll pop up.
3: Yep.
2: And now I can make this segue work because we're also on all social medias, at Forall and on Twitter we're at Views from the 616 as well. That's our Marvel Focused podcast. And if I remember correctly, Zo, the one of the first times we communicated was when you questioned the name Views from the 616. Because you <laughs> actually me and said that at the time the MCU wasn't referred to as the 616. It was some other designated number. And I was like, well, it just sounds fly. So, you know, that's what matters. And then, you know, well, actually, in No Way Home, they confirmed that this is the <laughs> 616. So we were
0: just ahead of our time. And you know, Well, I didn't. Well, once you said that it sounds better, I I think I was like. Okay, that's that's fine, but it was like it. it I, I I just acquiesce, let it
1: acquiesce. Oh yeah, yes, I just, no, I,
0: I just no, I'm doing that. I, I'm, I I just said I I'll just let it bother me, and then it it'll eventually go away. My only point was that like six one six is the comic universe. We know that, that,
2: yeah. So that was the other. I didn't. That was the
0: other thing. Well, that so that's what I always
2: right. wanted. Like that I want to tell right. this to you and to every listener to everyone out there. We know we we don't get into this just to do it like I am a head my man like I've read too many comics you know it's bad
1: you know <laughs> yeah and and also like we're, we're human there's gonna be yeah. a misstep of the you know a misplace yep. of the tongue a mis, a misplaced name or word or or, yes. or who is this we'll, we'll we'll correct it when we can it's one thing to correct to be like oh no it's, it's you know like the whole Liev Pablo thing like that's one thing right like yeah. there's another thing to be like well did you well this is what happened because xyz is like bro I'm pretty sure I read that book like five yeah.
3: times
2: so. <laughs> But, yeah, that I just want you know, just for all the well, actually people out there, yo, be easy, you know, like we're out here just doing this, we do this for fun, we're not like trying to be the end all be all no, and a and a lot of times it's slickness, you know, views from the six is Drake, where' views from the six one six, you know, it was just that slick word talk, you know, and that's yeah, what it, yeah, wow.
1: like like that's what we do, like you know that so, like we're we're here to entertain right, like. We're going to give you facts and stuff, but we're also going to get that joke and we're going to let yes. these jokes get these jokes off. Like, that's what we do. And and that's why I imagine why so many people are here and supporting us and, and keeping us keeping us going. So appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So. Then <laughs> I mean any anything else you want to get off me. No, no, bro. I mean, you know, there, <laughs> y- you, you've definitely tried to well,
2: actually me a few times, but you know, I just you know, I just want to let y'all listeners know I'm not here for it, you know, like your man Zobe trying to come at people like, well, actually, and I'm like, bro, like, you know, 90% of the time I've I've thought this stuff ter- through too. That's the other thing. Like, especially with our shows, like our review shows, we really yeah. go with that. We really think this stuff through you know it's not just saying things off the top of our head like I know we got into it before about uh the magical negro when we called um Monica a magical mommy and a mammy oh, and-
1: oh, oh when she was giving off mammy vibes because yeah, she was I, and I stand
2: yeah. 100% by that because yeah. it hurt my feelings you know yeah. like I was distrusted with the writers and how they treated her character in yeah. those final few episodes because it was like wow this is some yeah. trifling ass ish and yeah you know
1: and that's all to say still love for you though. yes just, that's you know, we, we, we just we, we tell people today face what's up <laughs> yeah. like we tell the creators the writers stuff of their own work what's how Ooh. we feel about something Special. i mean we've done it as he just mentioned with with
2: that's um, how i got on
1: american gods things like wanda be like hey yo i don't know about this fam. you know what i'm saying so
2: Straight up. That, yeah, is, yeah. that is how I got on. You know, I'm not going to get into all the details, but I told somebody exactly how I felt about <laughs> the work. And that's how, you know, <laughs> that's what led to my relationship and everything. So.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's obviously it's nothing personal. I just, you yep. know, I love this stuff, too. And I, I, I like to voice uh, whatever Bob and I inside my head just to let you know it's nothing personal everybody can get it I got the well <laughs> actually gun and I'm pointing it at everybody so <laughs> it's
2: just put the <laughs> well, actually gun away that's what I'm telling you put the gun away don't do it yeah just, just you know just conversation you don't, you, don't, you don't have to you can and that's the thing I'm always out for conversation but when people come at me with the well actually I'm not down for that because it's like nah fam that's you know look I said what I said you know, like that yeah, you know, right. <laughs> like we could talk but, about it, but I meant what I said. Right. You know?
0: But yeah, and, and I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's not just about like comics or anything. It's mm, yeah. I getting to political discussions and, and science discussions. It's 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 everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I admit it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> discussion anyways. is fine, yes. Right. So so anyways, uh so upcoming uh as I promised is uh we're going to have the, the Book of Lies promo. And then right after that, we'll be doing the opening credits.
1: Uh, so, did you hear about Jenshaw? No, I didn't hear about Jenshaw. How about Erica? Did you hear about Erica? Mm, I don't think so. What about that fraud shit from the other day? Uh, can you be more specific? <laughs> There's so much fraud out there and so much shenanigans. You should just tune into the Book of Lies podcast. Book of Lies podcast. Every week we talk about some fraud, some scams, and maybe even some TV shows. Where there are scams. Yes, of course. Scams, frauds, and all those things. So tune in every week where we'll bring you a new topic of... Scams? That's right. (laughs) Scams. (laughs) So tune in on your favorite podcatcher to catch up on the latest liars, cheaters, thieves, and dirty rotten scoundrels. That's right. See you soon. Bye. And we're back.
0: We are here to do the opening credits. And the movie that we all watched just recently is the 1968 classic Planet of the Apes. So, um, I don't know which one you got. Yellow, which one you got blue? I'll do yellow. Yeah. So yeah. Start us off, Tatiana. All
1: right. So
0: what's uh, the the deets?
1: All right. So in Planet of the Apes, 1968, (laughs) the original, um, I've never seen it. So this was brand, super, super brand new. Oh man. Um, hilarious. But anyway, we'll get into that. An astronaut crew crash lands on a planet in the distant future where intelligent talking apes are the dominant species and humans are the oppressed and enslaved.
0: That's, that's awesome that you said you never seen it because, uh, I watched this with Zach and I expressly choose movies that he's never seen before, preferably before he was born. And this is slightly outside my uh frame of reference because I was born in 1971. This came out in 1978. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so when I by the time I get to watch it, I'm just watching it as reruns on television. But um, I'm watching it at such a young age that the only thing I wanted to see were the apes. So, <laughs> So I I can barely remember like the beginning part, like the astronauts, like in space. I I have almost no memory of that. I only remember when the apes are around and the pushing the humans around. I was all for just more ape action for me and my brothers. So to continue, this movie was released in April 3rd or on April 3rd, 1968. It was produced by AP. A, a C or is Abjack? I don't I don't. Yeah. I don't so that means that.
1: recent, recent uh, anniversary. What? I don't know how many years it's been since what? Who's doing the math? 2022 minus 1968. Go. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it was,
0: uh, it was either 53 or 54 years. I, I put oh. in a post on Twitter because I watched it wow. that day. You know how you like you're typing, like I, right after I watched the show, right? I started or the movie i started typing up this these notes and mm-hmm. i put april 3rd and then the autocomplete came up it's like why would the autocomplete come up uh, yeah i was like oh my god it, it was today they came out today that i watched it so pretty cool i had yeah it, it was just a cool moment for me but i think it was like 53 or 54 years I can't remember um so yeah that was me was too like, i
2: watched it yesterday too
0: yeah right <laughs> <laughs> wow awesome <laughs> So this is uh by it was produced by Abjack Project uh, Productions and 20th Century Fox. It grossed over thirty-five million dollars, uh, and adjusted for inflation, that's two hundred seventy-two million dollars today, on a uh, five point eight million dollars in nineteen sixty-eight, which today would be forty-five million dollars. That was the and budget. And it had rave reviews. Mm. Oh man, it was it uh, is it is can. Tuppled the word? No, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Quintuple. It grows five times. Yeah. It grows five times over oh, its budget. It oh, did extremely well. Yeah. It made yeah, five
2: yeah. more of these joints.
0: Right, That's, right, right. That
2: tells you how much it made. It <laughs> made five more an animated series and a uh live action television series. A TV and
0: show, a live right?
3: action television series. That's they how much money
2: this made. Um, all right. Well, let's see. It was starring. Mm, and I do mean starring. <laughs> Charlton Heston, the God, aka the Devil, as George Taylor uh, from everything you know. Charlton Heston, Ben Hur, The Ten Commandments, Soylent Green—all I mean, just classic after classic. He's also let me tell you,
1: strumbag. this is the first time I've really had like a like a long, I guess, prolonged uh watch of this exposure. man exposure yes that's the perfect word exposure of this man and yes. that man got some teeth on him that's all I got to say about it like I, that's all I just kept staring at like yo his teeth is just
2: that man got he a got mouth chompas he got yeah. a
1: mouth but anyway I'm sorry uh no. that's um, not, not that's not in his notes but it's just I just had to say that because it, it was distracting um
2: wait 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 let me let me just say something about Charlton because this man okay. is like I mean, he—it's brilliant what he does in this movie. I have to say that, like, he is so <laughs> over the top. I mean, my man smoking a cigar in the oh ship.
1: Indeed, that's, that's man. what I wanted to say. You took that away from me, then. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god, like so.
2: This man is sitting there, like, giving you the most nihilistic view of life from jet. Like, he is like, yo, everything sucks. Everybody's dead. Get over yourself. Yo, he's. And then his like maniacal laugh. Oh, I yeah. mean, the zoom I mean, pro- ends on him while he's laughing. It just yeah,
1: yeah. It was just a lot. Like he, like <laughs> he just reminded me of like. Original Batman series villains, where it's just like, like you said, it's just wild OD. And it's just like, do, are, are, do you have to chew the screen, see, excuse me, chew the scenery that hard? Like, yes, he, you do.
2: This is what Charlton end. does fam. And, I mean,
1: he made that very, so he made it very uh, entertaining. I will say that. It was just wild, funny. And I just like, yes. y'all was taking this seriously in the, when did this come out in the 60s? So, like, y'all was dead ass about this. Like, all right. I know a,
2: a lot of people found him hilarious even then. That was okay, like, yeah, okay. He was I was definitely, like, ain't no way.
1: No, he Ain't was no definitely
2: bringing the comedy to that joint. Yeah.
1: All right. There, There's also Roddy McDowell, who played Cornelius. He's also played in Fright Night, A Bug's Life, Batman, the Animated Series. I wonder who he, so he's a voice, was doing voice acting. I wonder which yes. character. All right.
0: He has a very distinctive voice, and he played the Mad Hatter in Batman, the Animated Series. So oh, think dope. And think about that voice. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Got it. So uh next up is Kim Hunter. She played Zira. She was in a streetcar named Desire and lots and lots of television credits.
3: Yep. Mm,
1: okay.
2: Maurice Evans as Doctor Zayus. Zayus. I can't remember. Rosemary. That's how they say it. Yeah, Rosemary Baby, The Jerk, and Bewitched. Wow. I I'd, I'd have seen without the makeup on. All these people. Yeah.
1: Then there is James Whitmore, President of the Assembly. was also in the Shawshank Redemption give them hell Harold and the Asphalt Jungle
0: that's supposed to be Harry that's supposed to be Harry oh I see
1: (laughs) give them hell Harry and the Asphalt Jungle got it
0: right uh yeah give them hell Harry was a Harry Truman movie no I don't I'm not familiar with any of these except the Shawshank Redemption and he only had I think he had like a tiny role where he was the old guy that after he got out of prison he killed himself I think that was his character. Oh, right wow.
2: Along. Damn. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: Moving right along. <laughs> we have uh, Linda Harrison. She played Nova. She was in Cocoon Airport 1975 and Wild Bill.
2: She's wild hot. And I watched the sequel to this movie and then I was reading some trivia and she was like so sick of playing Nova by the sequel. And I'm not sure if it happens as much in the first one, but her reactions shots in the second one are comedy. Like they are just it's pure comedy. Like oh man, because you know, and she doesn't say a word through either of these movies. So yeah, I'd be
1: sick of that too. Yeah, I was man. I be I was dying at every. It was one scene where like <laughs> they was taking chompers away, and not, she was in her crate. Uh, she was in her. I see. I call it a crate. She was in yeah. her cage, and man, so she kept hitting her on the, trying to hit her to go away from the from the bars of the crate. And she would duck, and then be looking at him again. Yes. And every and she would back up and go, ah, oh, and then start looking at it again. I just thought it was just. So yes. Her reactions are hilarious. Hilarious.
2: Hilarious.
1: I mean, no, this movie. I need like (laughs) all the
2: gifts of Nova. I didn't I didn't know I needed that until I saw this movie, but I need them all.
1: And I thought I thought, like I said, even though this was for so such long ago and it was the first time, like overall, like I understood the the point of the movie and the story, and I thought it was a good cool story. I thought I thought it was good. It's just so much, maybe unintentionally funny things happening. (laughs) yeah. Hell yeah. So much.
2: Robert Gunner is Landon. I have no idea who that is. Is that his mans?
1: That's the that's a lobotomized mans. It's his mans uh, that got lobotomized uh, in the
2: beginning. Or uh, the middle. He was a dick. Uh, he was in the Jackals <laughs> and Frontier <laughs> He was a dick because he said he was ready
1: to die? He said, I'm in this bitch ready to die. Like, he was over it. Yeah, I understood. I understood. Yeah. Why was he a dick? Ch- Choppers was the dick. What you mean? <laughs> Trumpers,
0: yeah, thank you. I, <laughs> that's what I felt.
1: At least Choppers
2: like, was comedy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Landon was too too uh, dramatic. He was yeah, too emo. Yeah, he tra- was like, wild emo. Like
2: if you want a Nets planet, you know, with nobody else, I need entertainment and Chompers is bringing it.
1: <laughs> and then we have Jeff Burton who played Dodge. He was on Street mm. Sisters Corf- Coffee and Git. Yeah. Git? I didn't mean to say it like yes. that. I just wasn't sure Was that what it said. Man. Was that the black dude? I yes, forgot it yes. was. Okay, okay. I mean, I mean, when you look, the at the when one, you look at the his credits... <laughs> The one he that
0: was, like, was, he was he came straight from black quotation. Yeah. yeah, the
1: one that was disrespected right from right off, jump out the gate was disrespected. So
2: and so. and all the way to his end.
1: Well, first of all, I was surprised there was a black person in this film. Period, and mm. I was just like, oh, they allow black people? Okay, cool. Like you know, how they, yes, yeah. the six, you know, it's the sixties, but I still felt like they were still like moving wild back then when it came to putting black people next to them in film. So I was surprised as fuck. But then when I saw how they was doing him, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is. This is expected.
2: But see that's one of, that's one of the things we got to get into is how this movie talks about race and generational culture and it being part of the 1960s and that is why there is a black man in the ship and why uh there aren't like pretty and why much Why he dies first? Why he dies first? Why there aren't any other black people amongst the humans that they run into? There's a lot going on in this movie. Why, you know, and we'll get it. I mean, I don't know when you want to get into it, but I'm always ready right now. But you know, oh, yeah.
0: Well, that's that's what I have the favorite parts. Okay, of for so yeah. we're gonna get it, get everything out of our system in that section.
2: Yeah. Directed by Franklin J. Schaffner, who also did Patton, The Boys from Brazil, and Ford Star Jubilee. I think I've seen parts of Patton. That's about it. Yeah. I yeah, I, I think know. everybody. Yeah. I think
0: everybody's seen parts of Patton. Yeah, that's
2: about it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's about all I got for that.
0: I, I recognize that, like he's done some like well-regarded films, but mm-hmm. like like back for the '60s and '70s. And if if you weren't doing some kind of fantasy angle, then I, I probably wasn't going to get into it. Yeah. So <laughs> this movie was written by. Uh, well, it's based on a novel. Uh, here's the thing, I I practice this. It's still going to come out messed up um La La Planet de Singus.
1: oh that's the one that was based off of
0: yep yeah it was a it's a French novel it translates to Planet of the Apes somebody translated it to Monkey Planet but it it it, and then eventually it got translated to Planet of the Apes um and it's by Pierre Boulet I think that's how you say it also I'm sure French people everywhere hate
1: you for your pronunciation oh yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> Michael Wilson he did the screenplay. He also did Bridge Over the River Kwai, which is another book that Pierre wrote, and Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. And of course, Rod Sterling. Uh he also worked on a screenplay. He's responsible for The Twilight
1: Zone and the Night Gallery. The
0: man,
2: the God. Rod. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right. And then we have music by Jerry Goldsmith who also did the, did he do the score, I presume, yep. the score for Star Trek, Motion Picture, L.A. Confidential, and Congo.
2: Mm. I mean, I got to yes. say, the, the music was incredible. I actually want yeah. to go jam the soundtrack, like, soon, because that joint was fire.
1: The, the music was interesting. There was, it was, like, certain times where it was, like, super layered, like, yeah. when when Teeth was running through the um town, <laughs> yep. and, like, it was like and the, the clatter was, yeah, yeah. Clattering clattering was going, and and then yes. there was just some like monkey sounds going, yeah. like, and it would just get progressively more chaotic. Yeah. And I was, and it was like, okay, I'm, 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 feeling this. All right, I get it. Like, like and I was it with cools him, out know, I'm, right I'm,
2: when it needs to cool out, right, like well I'm done, running yeah. with man,
1: so i like, I, I got how, 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 how the energy, right? And then I'm like, oh, I see what's was going, but it was, it was very, it, it was very seventies. It was giving me very, just, just action film, you know, mm-hmm. Banff type stuff going on. So
0: yeah yeah it's definitely not music that you're going to go to sleep to that's for sure. no certain. no
1: <laughs> no i would be like turn that turn that the hell off like it was just very very like just it's if it makes any sense like for people who are like very sensory when it comes to music it's very jagged like in terms of at, at least when it's supposed to be it's supposed mm-hmm. to make you kind of feel uncomfortable and out of place because that was yep. what was happening in those scenes where it is that frenetic kinetic energy happening with that music so I, it made sense it, it made sense in, in terms of the way it felt and the way it sounded
0: definitely absolutely so um that that's it for the opening credits if you and if you're enjoying the show remember that you can get t-shirts hoodies mugs face masks jerseys and more at our website backlinkcinema.com slash shop check weekly for new designs and products uh sorry there have not been there hadn't been no new designs maybe a couple of updates <laughs> Dude is tired. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> finally, uh, I left the links. I finally, finally put the links back up to teespring.com and tpublic.com uh on on the page uh, in case there's any of the classic designs that you want to uh go and get from those stores. And uh that that's that's about it. Uh in, in particular, though, um, there's a pint glass that um teespring has. I can only find it at Teespring. So if you want the pint glasses. Uh, I have two available right now. Go to teespring.com. I have the links right there on the page where you can get those well-designed pine glasses. So (laughs) I'm going to play a sound. And then after I play the sound, we're going to get to our favorite parts. And we're back now. DJ Ben Amin, <laughs> this is what you was looking for. We are at our favorite parts. You could talk about the themes of this sh- of this movie. Talk about what you like, what you didn't like, what uh, rubbed you the wrong way. Let us know which uh, your thoughts on Planet of the Apes. All
2: right. Well, first of all, like you, I this is a film that I grew up like watching on TV. I was a big Planet of the Apes head. I remember at one point they did a marathon and I got in a fight with my sister, I think, so I could tape all them (laughs) joints. And I watched like all six of them. And they are terrible, a lot of them. Like they get progressively worse. (laughs) And for people who've seen the remakes, like the more recent remakes, those are actually based on like the fourth, fifth, and sixth movie. Like the ones where the apes are just coming up and everything. They they do that whole storyline. They have Caesar, all that stuff. So those Mm. are actually based on that. It's interesting how I didn't know that. Yeah, I just realized that when I was going back and rereading the wikis because I did not watch them all again, but I read the wikis and it was like these are like the fourth and fifth one is based off the second one and then the sixth one is what they based the third one off of. But it features right. Caesar, Caesar fights with the other ape, all that whole thing. Now back to this one and the original and why I loved it and why it became such, especially as I grew older, because like you, when I first watched it, it was just like apes, you know, fighting man, you know, teeth, wilding out. You know, (laughs) I loved all that, you know, as a kid. And then when I got a little older and I started learning about the film and what it was really talking about, and I think even the book and, you know, knowing Rod Serling, I don't know about the other homie, but Rod Serling was definitely super woke for his day and time. And the movie is implicitly about race and generational culture and what was going on in America Mm -hmm. at the time with Vietnam and this big, great youth movement. And that is like implicit in the movie. Like I said, there's a reason why there's only one black astronaut. There's a reason why Mm. when when, um, teeth runs into the other humans, there's nothing but white people. There's a reason why the dark black apes are the ones who are the most fearful And I mean, it gets ridiculous on point in the second one, especially because there's like a scene where the last bastion of humanity is trying to fight and the apes are rushing them. So it's like this big black wave is rushing into the room, you know, to overcome the Mm. white. Like it's all and it's even said at one point, um, Zira, the doctor is like, you look just like all humans look alike to us right you know where is that from yeah. all black people look alike to us you know that right. is what they're saying and it's like or the and then the youth stuff comes in with the nephew when he even says it you know I, i'm disillusioned with the elder generation <laughs> you know i love that kid and then when uh teeth is leaving and he tells them don't trust anyone over 30 which was a common saying in the vietnam era of you know don't trust anyone over 30 like that's just so this movie is based on that and and pretty much all of the sequels in some way or form are as well. And that was my problem, like, why I don't really enjoy the new ones as much is because they dodged that bullet. You know, they didn't want to go there because that's something that people in the 60s were going there, you know, and they were saying. And it's like fear of a black planet, you know, shout out to Public Enemy. That's what this film is really about, because it's like, what happens if black people get power? They'll abuse us like we did them. You know, knowing yeah, right. well that we don't. That's not how we roll, but that's their fear. Right, the the projecting.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: yes.
1: Ben, I mean, had that was a really amazing, really poignant take on this film. My favorite part was all the unintentionally funny shit. Oh I, yeah, that's, that's, there. that's like, all there too. Come on, like, <laughs> like, like and it's so funny because Ben, I mean, and I do this sometimes. We're like it's one of the other, one of us is just on the, the one that's like on the serious tone about all of the, the depth and story behind it. And the other one's just like, look at his teeth. And you now know, I and was crying so through
2: this whole movie I, too. I, I was
1: laughing. Like everything was funny to me. Benjamin said it earlier from Jump Street, man smoking the, the black and mild <laughs> in the shuttle, in the space shuttle. I'm like, Man, what are you doing? Yo,
2: man's just stranded <laughs> in the desert with no water and he pulls out the black. Like, let me right? start Is like? Are you serious?
1: Of <laughs> uh, them walking in the desert and say, Oh, life. And then they proceed to dig it up. Why the Yo, fuck are you running <laughs> <up>? <laughs> right away? <laughs> right away. Just kill it. And I'm just like, there you go, humans being humans. And but then that's I'll, the other part of the
2: movie. That's what they talk about too, as well. It's yes. like it's about humanity. It's a cancer you know? on the yes. planet. Humans my, my eat fa- up all my their favorite food. saying in the world.
1: Yes, uh, you know, yes, yes, Mister Smith. yes, Agent Smith.
2: Yes, he's like he says. It, he's like y'all, y'all destroyed the jungle that y'all in, and then y'all come over to our stuff and ruin our stuff too.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like that. White people. Um. All, again, Nova, funny as hell with her oh, reactions yeah. and, and her and her just being thrown about every five minutes. All she gets, all they do is toss her ass all around the world, and she just she's getting tossed, and then it's always back. Like, what's up, guys? So yeah. that was funny. And, uh, like I said, of course, black man went down first and the fact that they stuffed him like a, like a (laughs) taxidermy animal. And I was like, okay, bottomized homeboy, nihilistic homeboy and Charleston, just Charleston, just overall, he just, man, again, that's why I keep calling him like, he's just funny. And, And again, and I don't, and I'm saying he's just over the top and it's just like, was that what was that what was bankable back then like hey yo just you know what he reminded me of Nicolas Cage yes. on more drugs right like <laughs> just off just OD on another level just in terms of delivering the scenes the laughing and then they didn't make it any better with the camera directions right the zoom ins yes. and the, and, the, and the and the abrupt stops on things and and, and like it was, it was just a lot going on at times, and I was just like, <laughs> the choices y'all made in this film, and again, and it, and that's what I'm saying. I, I I know certain things where I'm supposed to take seriously, I couldn't because it was mm-hmm. just hilarious to me. Even how the doctor, the lady doctor, how she, what's her name. Not Doctor Zayus, but Doctor Zayra, whatever her name is, the one that was calling him, the one that was first of all playing his life, calling him Blue Eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Humanizing uh, him on. off break, I loved it. Yeah. But she was like, she was just saying the wildest shit. Like, oh look, he could communicate. Oh look, yeah. he's trying to do what I do. Like, and I got it, like from the philosophical level what Ben me mentioned. Like, I understood yep. why they did things that way. But again, it was just hilarious, and it's it it's. But and you're just so the, ugly, and and that's what I'm saying. There, there's some parts that were unintentionally funny, but I know Mans or the team or whatever that was writing this was like, "Yo, we got to put this in here because we know we don't get this joke." So, off. so I know a lot of it was also to purposefully draw out some humor. Like, oh, that seems so absurd, but then when you, as Ben Amin is mentioning, when you then position that next to the real life commentary that's happened, it's like, oh, okay, I get what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like like satire, right? So. Yep.
2: And that's how you get it off. You know, that's how you get all that real life commentary off. You disguise it with apes and jokes. I want to ask yeah. you because this is your first time ever seeing it. And it was still ill to me, even though I've seen it before. I, like watching it like it was, I was very really paying attention to how they did it. Like the reveal of the apes on horseback. <laughs> that shit was fire that was know?
1: fire in, to me and another point where i laughed because the <laughs> way the, the camera again these yeah. choices right the directional choices that were made throughout the film and yeah. the cinematography it was just okay you just see the f- humans running okay fine yep. you see some stuff happening in the bush you don't see yep. who's making the the, the the ruckus all right fine you see the horses it's like i i somebody all right it's about to be a wreck then they come up and you just see monkey faces, eight faces, yeah. and, and, it's just, and then it zooms in, zooms point, in and, it, and it goes yeah. and there's an ape and there's another ape, another ape, and then and you can see that this is supposed to be from from Teeth's eyes, right? So yep. he's like, "Wait a minute, what do I see?" And then when they start talking famine, he passes out. I was <laughs> rolling. I was rolling because I'm just like, you know, I might I might have the same reaction, bro. Like that was too much for him. That was too much. Not landing on an alien planet, doing all sorts of wild shit, talking about check the atmosphere, but not checking anything else. Just swimming willy nilly. Everything's okay. Not smoking the black and mild.
2: But the apes
1: talking (laughs) was what set you off.
2: I love it. How like he's like, oh, well, you know, look at these humans. We'll be running the place in months.
1: And then immediately, <laughs> here come the apes. Like <laughs> retribution. It's like you shouldn't say that, fam. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah, they they definitely.
0: Uh, their first reaction was first when they found life. Their first reaction was to kill it. Yeah. When they find, it. their first reaction was to. Um, was to colonize? Yes. Oh yeah, we can colonize this with the heartbeat, right? Yeah, he you was checking it
2: out immediately. He was like, "Ah, oh, that's mine. I got that one." You know, you,
1: you dig up and kill the vegetation, <laughs> and then you immediately think about colonization. It, is yeah. it, who is the 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 villain here?
0: Right, these guys. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, um yeah. Uh, my my thoughts were that uh, Taylor was definitely the asshole in this in this, uh, in this movie. <laughs> And it's like, and and I couldn't get past it because he was like mean and certainly like the way he treated Landon was like ridiculous, right? It's like, you guys are in a spaceship together. You're like probably the last people on earth. Why would you talk to him that way? It's like no like it. comfort or, or anything it's just, i loved it that's another means, favorite part nasty and mean-spirited right he, <laughs> he was like get over yourself he, he
1: read him for filth and i was yeah. just like oh this is fantastic like he was just like and you're a loser and you're no better <laughs> yeah. than than the lint in my pocket and this that and that and and man's was just like get off my back i really thought he was yeah. gonna say get off my d but he was like get <laughs> off my back so you know that's all he
2: had to get off my back and dude kept going that's he, all he had right. for him.
1: and he was just like and he was just <laughs> chastising man so he i was i was like oh my goodness but it was funny it, it was, was so funny, funny. funny. <laughs> it's
0: just uh uh-uh. <laughs> so me and zach we watched this movie together you know after he was done it was uh I was like, "How you like?" He was like, "Oh, it's boring." He's like, "I just couldn't <laughs> get over how how boring it was." I mean, he he made the same observations, like you know, the teeth and and everything. <laughs> he generally liked it. Uh, he he found the memes that he's enjoyed in uh and in, uh, in, uh in the cartoons and, and mm-hmm. other media that he likes. So obviously, like on the Simpsons or whatever, they're going to do a variation of "Damn Thirty eight Yeah, and they're going to do the uh. The doctor uh, "You burned it all. You did it."
1: Oh, yeah, 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 Yeah.
0: right, right. They're going to do that. (laughs) So, so he found all of those. And then he saw the, uh, See no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. I yeah. oh, found
1: all of that. Yeah, I right. saw that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's interesting but, because before I started watching, like as I pressed play, I watched this on to be for free, and as I press play, I'm like, "This is about to be boring." But then, like the all the funny, like ridiculous <laughs> stuff started going off almost immediately. And I'm like, "All right, I, I, I mess with it." So, <laughs> yeah,
3: right? <laughs> yeah,
0: it was, it was definitely comedy show, and it was weird because it reminded me of 2001: A Space Odyssey, and I hated that movie. I don't understand why wow. people revere that movie and and the reason is because it is so so they they have like those few scenes that everybody remembers Mm -hmm. from the movie and i felt like they could have condensed that movie into a half an hour if they just kind of cut out all the boring parts but uh and i think that because this movie is kind of similar and paces a little it's only a little bit quicker i feel like i guess that's how they made movies about like science fiction movies right they wanted people to take it seriously so they took the movie slow especially the the where it starts off in the spaceship and then when they land on the planet, it moves really slow. And it, even throughout, you know, after they're captured by the apes, it, it's still yeah. a slower place than I would have appreciated. Not
1: going to lie. I definitely s- f- scrubbed through them walking through the desert for <laughs> 50, 11 hours. I was oh, like, man. all right, all right, all right. Let's there get There was so to the much point.
2: comedy in, that, in like, those I, cities, though.
1: Thank you for the 30 second fast forward feature because I was just hitting that bitch. (laughs) All right, let's keep it going. Like, I get it. You guys are lost in the desert. He was
2: eating them up through that whole time, too. It was great. (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: And falling down sand dunes and I, okay, my guy. And trying to find stuff. I was just like, we got to go. So, uh, (laughs) and then you, and, and then, um,
2: I'm mean, like laughing at him. up, uh, when he put the flag down and he just yeah, like, <laughs> and he laughed
1: at him. like why was that such laughter? <laughs> he was like, "You buffoon. Like again, ate these people up for those. Just for those. right. And so,
0: and, and it's funny, right? Because he was riding Landon, but he oh. kind of left. Uh, he kind of left Jeff alone. Uh, no, not Jeff. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong um, one. What's this guy? Uh, he uh, tore Landon. No, not Landon. Um, D. Dodge.
1: Dodge. Oh yeah, Dodge. he around. He didn't
0: really. He didn't mess around with Dodge. I, I think you said he they gave him a bad rap or whatever, but he, I felt like they um they didn't really mess with him. He he looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he went ahead like he was actually scouting ahead. To, he to, was. He was the the pathfinder, so he he felt very confident to me. Yes, right? and they made like, him oh, do he's...
1: all the work. That's what my what? point is, and he died first mm. everybody you telling me all them people's running in the fields and he's the one that catches the bad one in the neck
2: <laughs> I mean, them, he was even, the only black even, guy he was an easy target
1: even so. <laughs> got shot teeth got shot yeah. in the neck but he survived
2: yep
0: yeah they so <laughs> them, they them all teeth uh, blinded them <laughs> yeah they they uh well, they they all did some work, like and and basically uh right, yes, yes, was, they, Taylor was Taylor yeah. was bossing them around. Yeah. But so like, he he tried not to do nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what yeah, I got out
1: of it. Like they're a team and everyone had their jobs and right and everyone had their roles and they were just used to it. Cause the way that they was the banter, like I said, Charlton eating them up, the banter, the ignoring him, the leave me alone, like it just seemed like they've been working with this man for 20 years and he's just been an he's just been an a-hole the whole time. I said that I did, but, but the black about- man.
2: The, the, black I mean, man. The, the black man and the woman like can we talk about how they sent the woman ship out with,
1: nothing off it was like do know, women they, speak
2: no 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 not nova the woman who died in the ship no i know i'm saying yeah.
1: in aggregate when with the non-ape women do they speak
2: not much and that's no a, that, none of them do that's saying that's another message and that's the thing like think about it they sent the ship out to colonize something right and
0: there was one I, yeah, woman, that's the weird thing one woman right. with three that, dudes that, that's what i was thinking but, Here, here's the thing right I, I, one of the things that i had noticed badly. was that one is like i like the i like the multiple layers and one of the layers the first layer that you encounter is a misogyny so they put one woman with three men now technically that is how you would do it you would have like a woman and you would have multiple men to spread the genes around because their children right. they're going to have to also multiply some kind of way so you don't want one woman to one man you would want one woman to multiple men in order to spread the genes so it kind of makes it but why such a small crew that doesn't and why her only purpose was to breed with these men and, and that's that what kinda, i
1: got and i'm glad you said that because i mean going, charlton's
0: teeth I, even made a mention didn't of
1: charlton it charlton say that yeah Thank you. that, that is say, exactly didn't. where yeah. and that's why I, I purposely still it wasn't until this moment Two seconds ago that you asked, talked about the purpose of the trip, I didn't it never dawned on me what the purpose of them going to space was. I didn't realize that's what it was. And then I listened to what Charlton said. And I said, wait a minute. You mean like, 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 it's to me, it did not sound consensual whatsoever, right? It just, he was just like, <laughs> oh, when he was talking to Nova, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're the only one I got because it would have been homegirl, you know, yep. she's smarter than you. And then, and then he talked down to her of that. He's like, she was way smarter than you. Yeah. And it would have been gotten hot and heavy. Some wild shit. He said, it would have been hot and heavy with the three of us. In my head, I was just like, what is he talking about? what is, is he implying something it just yes. sounded like he was implying something else and that's why i would just started questioning wait what was the whole point of them being there the, or leaving earth in the first place i did they explain that it, it's kind of unclear
2: because no. it's like they they were supposed to come back but they also knew they were going to be gone forever
1: to do, do what? what were they explorers like what, it, what, well, that's what I'm I, saying, think... I don't i don't understand
0: I think their purpose was to explore, but they were so far out, but that the, by the time they get back to Earth, they knew that they would be thousands of years into the future because well, I, mm-hmm. as they were traveling, they were already like the first time you look at the clock before mm-hmm. T or Taylor. It t- was already another Taylor. century. It was already 2,000 years past or 5,000, something like that or 7,000. No, it, it, it was, was, it was 1972
1: years. when they left, but then the thing said it was like 2000, the year 2073 or something like that. So yeah, it well, was like a thousand showed, years ahead.
2: Because it, it, right, it well, they, like two thousand years
0: ahead.
1: Yeah, it was like two thousand years ahead already. Yeah, well, they showed they showed Earth time that
0: I I think a the conceit okay. was that the time that they showed on the dial for Earth was the current time on Earth. Like that was the time that Earth would be if they were still there. And then they showed the ship time, with the the time would be traveling near the speed of light. So that that was a conceit. Okay. There. Um, but I think that the only purpose was to explore, try to get to another planet. I don't know if they intended to go back. And if they would have went back, it would have been a completely different world.
1: And if their purpose was just to explore and with the intention that they're going to return at some point, what was the whole thing about the, oh, at least she's there. We could, you know, we could get it hot and heavy with her. What was he talking about? Like, that doesn't seem like well, that's part of the mission.
2: I mean, no, that was just like, they're going to explore. And if they're going to be there going that long, you know, you're going to have to make kids, you know, like you're going to be because <laughs> you're going to be gone that long. <sighs> yeah, no, it was super grimy. <laughs> it
1: was like, but that's no. But that's, that's thank part, you. That's all I want to say that that's grimy. And, I, <laughs> that's, and that, when he said that, I, I I was like, excuse me, what the did you just say? But, like,
2: but that's part of what I saw the whole movie is like this movie is talking about all these things. Women's, you know, at the time, you know, the women's movement was huge. So it's like all these things are being mentioned and brought up in this film.
0: So He's I'm just a scumbag. That yeah. The, there, there are two possibilities. Either they were out exploring with the intention of returning or they went out exploring and they attempted they were going to colonize, but it's weird to colonize with such few people. So it's it is very vague.
1: The reason why, and maybe hell, we don't have no understanding of the technology on the ship. Maybe there was a replicator for all we know. The reason why I'm like, there's no <laughs> way they were meant to stay out there because they only had supplies for three days. If you're meant to stay out someplace for a long time and you trying to the abandon ship... The ship had
2: more supplies, though. Remember that? The ship probably was, well, like, ready to-
1: Did it have more supplies or was it just emergencies?
2: So. No, because they were, they were trying to save the ship. That was the point. And then, like, I think the ship was to meant go to go back.
1: Why else would you try to shade? The- you know what I'm saying? But,
2: but it's also... Yeah, also, but you, you think the ship probably was, like, meant to land, probably had all the stuff, you know, you could build out with it, you know, probably had the okay. replicator, etc. cetera. And that's and, what you I'm know. saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Shady. Yeah, I mean, it, I was, like it, was, it
0: was hella shady. Now, don't get me wrong; you know that's what the movie is about—how human beings are hella shady. Um, and the other thing uh, that kind of hit me hard was the the anti-science and how it was used in this movie, mm-hmm. or the anti-intellectualism, as uh, Isaac Asimov might might have put it. So, and um, and at the end of the movie, it kind of makes sense, but it kind of it kind of parallels what's happening now, especially with you know with COVID or with uh, in anything. Uh, women's reproductive rights or anything like that. You try to present them with the science of the facts, and then the politicians flip it and and basically mm-hmm. ignore the, the science and try to pass whatever laws they feel is uh that, that'll satisfy their agenda or satisfy their base voters. Right. And and ultimately not good for humanity. So I I got that feeling watching why while uh like the two doctors were trying to convince the council about like what they found in the forbidden zone and uh evidence of a prior civilization all that kind of stuff and and the council was of two minds. First, it was like, well, that's not what, we don't believe in science. That's not what our science shows. And then they'll say, and and it goes against the sacred text, right? And then the the head guy that was in charge of the science was also the the defender of the faith, which seems to me counterintuitive. Even they said it, but that's how he was rocking. No
1: separation of church and state. And that was the point.
0: Yeah, once
2: again, that's the point. You know, it's like, these guys are keeping everything and they're determining what faith is and they're determining what science is. So how does that work? Well, it's, it's kind of understandable when it gets to the end. <laughs> yeah, but, that, 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 I mean, that, that was, like, also the point. Well, <laughs> like, the thing is, like, they're trying to hide the fact that humans were there before. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to keep apes superior because, mm-hmm. like, everything... It's one of those things where it's like, they, they put the apes as black people, but you have to look at the actions of both people to... And it's like, this thing is really talking about... It's talking about humanity and it's talking about race. So it's talking about humanity as humanity is, like, you know like you said, ignoring science, ignoring, you know, that, and it's like, well, let's stick our head in the sand. And then it's also talking about how, you know, with, like, a conquering civilization has to keep the truth hidden. You know, they can't let that get out, that, no, these people have an ancient culture and are, you know, superior to us.
1: Yeah, I I want to also add that it's also about subverting the truth through, through the they're making up like they're saying, oh, this is science. But then what did they call it? They called it when they said that, oh, you can't say that, like that, that humans, um, there was a history of humans. They, they called it some type of heresy. Right. Yeah. And that word itself was an oxymoron. It was just like scientific heresy. That's what he said. And I'm like, heresy is used like in religious context. Right. What yeah. do you mean scientific heresy? Like just that approach and that like it, it was the whole thing was, as you say, th- th- it was doublespeak. Right. Like, it's like you're saying this thing, but it doesn't make sense, and it's contradictory in and of itself. And so that you know that that idea of using that, which is to the, which is still used to this day, is was used centuries ago, mm-hmm. is still being used. The aspects of religion to to come upon, you know, come down upon a people to um, to enslave people to to I mean everything you could think of negative. That's what these that's what these people in power would use. They would use these different either religious pretext or or science eugenics. You know what I'm saying? Like just to say that, Oh, well, this person is inferior to you or this, these groups are inferior to you. And this is why, and this is, this is how we prove it. And it's really at the end of the day, it's all about power, right? It's all about the control of knowledge, the control of information, who gets to say that that information, what information is real or true. And that's the battle we've always been fighting. And that's, it's just, if you look at it today's view, that's the fever pitch that happened at, at least publicly as far as, four and a half years ago that's the fever pitch that that we came upon where it was just like what is real and what's happening Disinformation,
2: mm-hmm. right yep. right yep and it's it's like we're in why this movie is so relevant right now is because we're in that same type of revolutionary time where people are questioning the systems that are going on around us and it's huge upheaval and that's the same thing that was happening in the 70s and it's like you know America repeats itself, for one, and the world repeats itself because we don't learn from the history. And so, you know, every time we make a liberal step, you know, conservatives push back. And these same things happen again and again and again. And that's why this movie is still relevant to this day. And that's why everything they were talking about still seems like, well, they're talking about that right now. And I think that's the last thing I just want to say is, like, what we were talking about earlier is that whole projection thing is really big in this film because it's really about, like, white people are projecting upon the apes, like, this is what black people would do to us. So it's like, they're in power, they would destroy anything, they would make sure that we, you know, never had a history, that it was only them. And it's like, that's what y'all did to us. You know? Right. Like, this is already, you know, this is what y'all have done. And so, how they show the apes acting is
0: how they act. And that's what we've seen throughout history. Right, but uh, also, um, and I feel like at least from their perspective i can understand what they were doing because like at the end of the uh, movie i guess this doctor uh i don't know whoever that head science ape was Mm -hmm. so that that was the one that they kidnapped at the end of the movie and then that's when he finally said well yeah i I know what the truth was all along i knew i knew all of this stuff but there's a reason why we have a forbidden zone there's a reason why we don't allow apes to come out here there's a reason that we shut down discovery of prior civilizations and that's why he told teeth that like you can go on we're gonna let you go but you're not gonna you're gonna you're probably not gonna like what you find and so the the apes knew that i because their society is at least two thousand years old or something like that so the apes knew that humans were of the planet and and then and now the apes are the the primary species and so they're like and but there's still a few humans around so it was like well if we're gonna maintain a peaceful planet we can't ever let humans be on top of the food chain ever again we can't ever let them be the dominant species because they blew up the planet before and they're just going to yeah. turn around and do it once again right so that's why you know the, the famous ending of the planet of days where he finds where uh taylor finds that his spaceship made a giant u-turn went right back to earth crash landed and then uh he finds the statue of liberty half buried in sand because they they blew it up like you said, they blew it up. They messed it up mm-hmm. and, and wiped out humanity's chance for prosperity.
2: But once again, that's what, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like a lot of that is what, you know, white people, capitalism society has done, you know, throughout history. Like, that's not what indigenous people do. Like, indigenous people have always lived within nature, while, you know, this capitalist society we live in has been the opposite of that.
0: Yeah, the problem is capitalism because it's mm-hmm. based upon like uh infinite growth but that's impossible because it's one person described it as a pyramid scheme which yeah. it would it's never going to work because there's a finite um number of people on the planet and there are there's also finite resources like corporations can only continue the, to grow as long as that people keep uh having babies but it's, it gets to a point where the planet can't support that many people or at least certain areas where these people live at mm-hmm. can't support uh, that. And I was I seen a video uh, talking about how uh the war the war in um the war in Europe affects uh all of the like african countries because uh because Russia is attacking the Ukraine then the world puts sanctions against Russia but Russia is a huge supplier of of grain and wheat And Mm -hmm. so with the Ukraine, the Ukraine obviously can't really do it. So it's something like uh, some countries are like like 50 percent. Some people get 80 percent of the grain from the Ukraine. And if they can't get it from there, they got to get it from other places. And other places is going to be way more expensive because you got to travel across seas instead of just going taking a land route or something like that. And that's going to affect uh, other countries for decades. Right. So it's it's almost like a a cycle. It's this is what uh, capitalism Really encourages encourages events like this. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So you got damn you all to hell. (laughs) You you got any other uh, comments? Oh, I got one more comment. Did you notice that the uh, the mannequins in the uh, in the natural history museum in the movie that they were real people trying to be still?
2: Yeah, I noticed. I noticed the black dude was shaking when he um, he was looking (laughs) at him.
0: Man was shaking hard, boy.
2: yeah, <laughs> my man was just slowly vibrating. Um, on yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I, and I no. saw it was supposed to model how we put mm-hmm. the the ape models in the Natural History Museum. So I yeah. thought, yeah, I thought that was interesting.
2: All comedy. It, yeah, it was and hilarious. Then I'm
0: trying to, I, it's funny because Taylor didn't realize that he was back on Earth until he reached the Statue of Liberty. But what what I'm wondering is that why when he got the Q B doll and he found the dentures from a human, did he not realize that? This this is Earth stuff. He right? was starting like, to then. How, how about <laughs> yeah. this?
1: Why didn't he ask when he first landed and actually started the conversation with Homegirl, who was clearly open to telling him anything, Dr. Zyra or whatever her name was. Why did he just say, hey, what's the name of this planet? Where are we right now?
2: But they don't know that. Yeah. They don't call it Earth. That's the thing. They don't even,
0: yeah, they don't, they don't even have a concept. Right. They don't have a concept of the planet because when he's trying to tell them that he came from out of the sky, it's like, what are you talking about? They don't believe
1: really flight is, a, is, a, is possible.
2: So they've never even seen yeah. the whole planet. They don't okay. know. Yeah. They don't even know where they're well, at.
1: Well, they don't have it. They don't even have an, a, a their.
2: It'd be something from, else. From,
1: Ape, from, Ape oh, so a different name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Planet. <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. Indigenous name for the planet that they're on. Okay. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. I'm not even sure if they they've eventually like done astrology because like ancient people's ancient people perform
1: astrology.
0: uh, Yeah, they did astrology, but they refer to I don't know if they refer to the planet, the the land as a planet, but when they refer to it, they would call it land or ground or dirt. That's where mm-hmm. we get the word earth from. Mm-hmm. You know, where where you at? Terra. Right, yeah. terror, But they, that, but they that, did,
2: I mean, certain ancient cultures did know the circumference and everything of the earth by, you know, once they, they'd figured that out.
1: Yeah, they'd measured yeah, the earth yeah.
2: and they knew it was round, et cetera. But that's also why it's like that, it's all forbidden knowledge. When dude went to study, they were like, nope, shut that shit down, yeah. Because you'll find they'll find out that we're on earth, you know. That's what right. it was. Yeah.
1: Oh, that reminds me of something else that I thought was very funny when they were pulling out and, and just doing inventory of all of their supplies. Why was a pistol one of the supplies? What makes you, know you think? And I understand, like, that's just how it works. And, that's and, and how in we the context, down. and in the context of what Ben I me saying, that's just how we get down. But how you know that's gonna work in outer space? How you know on a different planet that that's even gonna do anything for you? We, how we, you gonna, know? we gonna
2: find out. Is how all they think? <laughs> <laughs> we, gonna, well, we gonna see, right? Like, right, oh, I, this
1: pistol that I got, yeah. like, immediate, right? Like, you
2: never know. Better right, to yeah. have, better than you know have it and not need it. You know than need it and not have it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Their their whole supplies were whack. for it. For one thing, they got like metal. Uh, metal backpacks, like why? Why metal backpacks it doesn't make any sense at all? They could have made it from some tough cloth, just like their spacesuits are made from extremely durable cloth. They could have yeah. made the backpacks out oh, of the same material.
1: It was clearly for the aesthetics, the reason why it was metal. And apparently speaking of aesthetics, I even though he got the bad one at the end, I love how after they got naked and their clothes taken away from them. The black one, man, man, definitely got that fit off. Like, oh, then they were—they only had that then pants on. He had the whole draped color, the yellow color, yeah. you know, <laughs> cape on. He got right. that drip on, and they was wearing these rags. I just—I was just like, that's hilarious. How he's the only one who had style,
0: right? And then it, there was the um. There were mass supplies. Like usually, when you're going to expedition, everybody has the same, the same thing. Same stuff, right? Everybody has water. Everybody has a gun. Everybody has like whatever food packets or or. And then some people like specialized, like the black dude. He I forgot what kind of scientist he was, but All the he specialized. <laughs> yeah, he had he had the equipment for it for his job. Landon had the equipment for his job. Like everybody had their own equipment, but for whatever reason, everybody had Max equipment and some, somebody had water. Nobody else had water. Somebody had food. Nobody <laughs> else had food. It was like, that was just dumb. You, that's not <laughs> how you do. Tr- Trust, I'm telling you, t- going
2: t- on that ship, there was like 50 mo guns, you know, like that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, guns.
0: it's like, probably hey, still yo,
2: you... Still wasn't enough water, but there was more guns on there. I promise you that. Like, there was right. way more guns on that ship.
0: And Tatiana, to answer your questions about if, if they knew the guns would work, if they could stand on the planet without any problems. And if they could breathe the air, then yeah, the guns would work. It's, at that point, well, it's just physical
1: It's not not just physically work. I mean, how do you know it's gonna work against whatever you're shooting? We at? gonna find out. <laughs> oh, <I see>. oh <laughs> you know. We right, right. gonna find. I out, see. You know. I see what you're saying. How do you know that they're not bulletproof? Well, we gonna we, see. Yeah. You know that these are <laughs> You know they go filthy human. Yeah, get I the mean, fuck. You know they what I mean? Just you just
2: don't be, know. They might be energy creatures, but we don't know that. Right. Bit, you you're know right. Right. We, we
1: gonna see. As Ben on me said, <laughs> pull right. out the Draco. I get it. I can't find out.
0: Like DJ Ben, I said we're gonna fuck around and we'll find out. <laughs> yes, at the
3: same time. <laughs> that,
2: yes. I mean that—that's why I loved it. That was like, oh, we got the get. You know, like first major. Oh, we got the get. You know how we get down. You know, like right. first, colonization, right. first, yeah.
1: killing all the plants. First, things, the first. Guns. first right. things
2: first. First things first, folks.
0: All right, so oh man, just that was great, and I'm going to awkwardly transfer over to the trivia. So right after these sounds, these musical tones, we'll be getting into the trivia segment. All right, we're back. And now we're going to get into the trivia graciously provided to us by IMDb. I'm going to start us off with interesting facts about the film and this some some of these things may answer some of your questions if you hadn't perused it already so during the breaks in the film the actors made up as different ape species tended to hang out together so gorillas with gorillas orangutans with orangutans and chimps with chimps it wasn't required it just naturally happened because people are racist (laughs) pattern
1: matching
2: yeah, pretty much.
1: All right. All right. Roddy McDowell, an experienced actor, recommended to his companions in makeup that, it should frequen- that they should frequently add ticks, blinks, and assorted facial gestures to add a sense of realism and keep the makeup from appearing mask-like. And I will say that for that time... The- the I did see enough emotions come from them like there were some actors where I'm like that's a master. Where I, and there were some where I'm like okay that's really good makeup work like mm-hmm. you could tell with with the, with the vast majority I would say I, I it felt like okay they were really truly these characters and and you did see some of them was making the faces and, and some of their they, ex- they were very expressive more expressive than I would think would happen back then and with that level of 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 effects and details so they did pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rod Rodney McDowell and um the, the female, hey, what's her name? Uh Zira, whoever played Zira, Kim Hunter. They they really did the work, especially Kim Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like you can really see her expression come through through the makeup. Yeah. It yeah. was very good. The
1: eyes were the key to it all. And that's like when like they would be like really bright, and then everything, you know, the whole the whole mass of, or just the features and even the structure, like you can even see. Um, what, whatever material was made out of it was it still had enough give where you can see, like, even just now, like people looking at us, if anyone's looking at us, like, you know, when I smile or, or frown or whatever, like it matters, right? Like all the facial cues cues do give you a story or a window into what the person's really thinking and feeling.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. All right. McDowell reportedly became a merry prankster with the makeup, driving home with his makeup on and shocking some of the other drivers on the freeway. Uh, a few years back, actually me and my crew did Planet of the Apes. Or we, I was we got to say Yeah, we got the latex actual makeup that you can get, and we all did that for Halloween. And we it's pretty much the same makeup they were using back then. It's latex appliances that you stick on your face. And it's so fire. Like that's still one of my favorite. I want to do it again because it's so ill, because you get all the expressions, people can see your expressions. And we walked all through Manhattan. We went to a party. We did it up that night. And it was pure comedy because we were up in the club just ape, aping out.
1: That's funny. I was gonna say Ben Ami would definitely do something that uh, he would do what <laughs> McDowell did for sure, but he already Uh-oh. technically did yeah, it. <laughs> we
2: did it. We I, I went, I was in the empanada spot afterwards. Like uh, we were we were doing it that night, yo. It was great. Ape sounds- all night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So was the with the mask and makeup, was that uncomfortable in any way? After a while, yeah, but it was so
2: much fun that I didn't mind it. And, I, and I've always done a lot of makeup for Halloween, so that wasn't something I wasn't ready. But it's definitely on your face. You feel it on your face. But I like it better because it's not something you can wipe off or anything. You know, you stick that stuff on your face and it stays on.
0: Right, right, yeah. right. So while doing The Planet of the Apes from 1974 television series, Roddy surprised Carol Burnett when he showed up on the Carol Burnett show, the family slash bus stop slash brief encounter and fooled Galen Makeup while she was taping her intro talking to the audience. That's awesome.
1: OK, the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil gag was entirely ad libbed on set the day of shooting. It was kept in because people find it amusing when the film was threatening to get too serious. I really did like that a lot. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, there were three other endings suggested for the film's climates but the one favored by charlton heston ultimately won out and that's awesome because it's the classic and i also know a bit of trivia because he signed on to do the second one only if they would let him get murdered off in it and then he actually rewrote it so that he can stay around to the end and blow up the whole planet like he does in the second one Spoiler! Oh my! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Second <laughs> one. Yeah, the second one is so grim, dog. It ends with like the, the whole planet gets blown up, and then it ends with a black card, and it's like, and a voiceover where it's like, in the billions of galaxies in the universe, there was one planet, three, the third one, a small, insignificant green planet, third <laughs> from the sun. It is now dead.
1: <laughs> okay. In the the
2: credits cool. roll. It is so dark. I, I was like watching it again. I was like, yo, imagine being in the theater for that. You know, like, right. that's amazing <laughs> that they did that. Like, grimy.
0: You, you was in the theater for that. We called it Endgame. I'm about to say yeah. Endgame.
2: I literally game <laughs> say
3: that. Endgame end
2: was dark, but
0: you knew there was something else. This was like they
2: blew right. up the planet. There wasn't nobody coming to save these cats. Right. It was over. <laughs> nobody was coming back. Uh, right, right. Nobody.
0: At one of the first test screenings, a woman walked up to Charleston Heston and asked how he was doing. Heston had no clue who she was until she revealed that she was Kim Hunter, who played Zira. He did not recognize her because he had not previously seen her without eight makeup. So I thought that was funny. Well done.
1: Yeah. All of the ape actors and extras were required to wear their masks even during breaks and in between shots because it took so much time to make them up. Because of this, meals were liquefied and drank through straws.
2: Yeah, I can I can attest to that. That's how you have to eat. you <laughs> wow. have to eat with straws because, like, when I was eating that empanada at the end of the night, the shit was like falling in the mask. You know, it was <laughs> ew. Yeah, it was bad. Like it was time it's to ta- ew, either way. It was time. To, it was time to take that joint <laughs> off by the end of the night. Let me tell you that. Yeah, definitely go for straws. Allegedly, Jerry Goldsmith wore a gorilla mask while writing and conducting the store to better get in touch with the movie. Yeah, that, that man's racist. Um, He also <laughs> used a ram's horn in the process. The result was the first completely atonal store in a Hollywood movie, which it is most definitely atonal. And that's probably why I love it, because a lot of hip hop music is super atonal. And, you know, I can get into that.
0: Charleston Heston was sick during much of the film with the flu. Rather than wait for him to get better, the producers felt that his hoarse voice added something (laughs) something to the character of Taylor. According, (laughs) According to Hester's diary, after filming the scene where Taylor and Nova were forcibly separated, he wrote that he was feeling like hell while shooting because of his illness and felt even worse every time that Damn fire hose hit me, and ah, oh, I can imagine. Oh, first
1: I'm, of all, this is clearly before the age of COVID because oh, I have the flu. Let's just keep working. Yeah, Why God, are you yeah. here, sir? Yeah, but and, I, right, right. Listen,
2: and then speaking of the fire hose, you know who they use fire hoses on? Right, you know? like that. All this is intentional. You know, but well, they man? also
0: use fire hoses on animals. So I can see because this is also they about use it, it on black cruelty. people. Faults
2: they use it on yeah. black people. Let's
0: because yeah,
1: they treat it as like animals. Yeah, let's keep it <laughs> they were using That's, it
2: on Charlton because they use it on black people. Not going to use it on animals. Yeah, that that wasn't. They weren't like,
1: oh, remember the animals? No, they were like, remember the negroes. <laughs> remember the <laughs> remember the negroes. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, okay. No, in, the- in the in the second film,
2: the the only black person in the second film is named Negro in the credits. You're lying. I am not lying. <laughs> the only black person in the second film is named Negro in the credits, and uh, the was strip- that his. This is this is another trivia that I found out. The screenwriter said that he did not mean it as disrespect. He often labeled characters Negro because in later films there is a Negro scholar and a Negro doctor, I think. And he oh, so they're just
1: not scholar or doctor. It's yeah. they're Negro.
2: Well, I think he wanted them to be black, which was like him trying to you know put black people in the film. It's like one of them like. He was trying, but you know, you you were almost there, fam. You know, is
1: but, is, is that the time period where call, where white non black right. person calling negro was? accepted.
2: You were called a negro at this time. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, black okay. well, people, you know, people call you negro. White people call you Negro. Yeah, the
0: united negro college fund
2: was popping. Well, that's different. It's not
1: when other <laughs> black people are using it. I'm talking about non black people. Oh, white people, people
2: call you a negro. I mean, you called yourself but, negro. You know, it's like you. It wasn't like you know the other. It was. It why, no, right, no, that's not kind of
1: point. Just that I was just curious during that time period because now, oh, yes. obviously, nowadays, if you if a non-black person uses that term "negro" and not in a sarcastic, even in sarcastic, if a black behavior, person uses that
2: term, it, it might be beef.
1: When black people use <laughs> it, more often than not, it's used in a comedic, sarcastic yes. tone. They're Negro. not being serious about it, which yeah. is where, which is why a non-black person uses it in this day and age. It's a problem immediately. Uh, that's why I was saying I was curious. And back then, was "negro" the acceptable term? Just like how there was an evolution of the of from the Mm-hmm. The immediate N word to to black person to to African American yep. back to black. That's why I'm just Negro is
2: Negro was in that lineage lineage. It, you know, it, it's, it's in a lineage.
1: Okay. Yes,
0: it's, you okay. are you you are reminding me an episode of Good Times. It was either Good Times or the Jeff. No, it was the Jeffersons. So in the Jeffersons. They had that exact conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm, they, did. Oh, yep, okay. they did. Yeah.
2: Cause yeah. he didn't want to, one of them wanted to be called African American. Yeah, he wanted Afro-American. Afro-American. Afro-American oh, to be called American.
1: Afro-American. Afro-American. That was another word, another term yeah, that was
0: American. Uh, right. The young kid, the young kid wanted to be called black. Cause uh, I think the dude was like he was saying he he was saying African Afro-American. Yeah. And the and the kid interrupted him and said black. Yeah. It was uh it was Jefferson's son. Yeah, he yep. said black. And he was, and then that's when he says, like, I went from colored to colored, Negro, and then I went word. from Right, and then I went from Negro to African American. So you're gonna have to excuse me if it take me a little more time to go from color. Well, what is African American right. to black? Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: well, that was the question I had because I know that there's been a lineage, and typically it's what white people or non-black people decided to come up with to to express. Oh yeah. Uh, this ethnicity. That's why I was just Quite like, honest. yeah, they were saying Negro like that. Like that yeah, was, they, that, they was a, that was that a term, but Okay, just yeah, check. That I was one. assured. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like okay. listen, listen to old Richard Pryor comedy, and he he always has like white people talk about what are the Negroes doing, Rich? You know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know it's like yeah. <laughs> all
1: right, let, let me let me. His white voice me. is the best. What are the Negroes doing? Yeah. Uh, all right. In the original script, the female native humans were all bare-breasted. This idea mm. was quashed by Fox to appease. Yes,
0: yeah, that was smart. Yeah, Fox is like, nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was some grimy <laughs> <laughs> ass director. Like, what if they're That's all right. naked? Yeah.
1: Not only do they not have lines, they're yeah. going to be half naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: it's like the director was like, so instead we got
1: the booties of of and his friends.
3: There you
2: go. Full on nudity. Full on ass for y'all.
1: Full. It was full on ass. I don't think. I don't think was frontal, but yeah. you got that ass.
2: Oh no, there was yo. That was that when they
1: were bending down.
2: Yes. Yes, thank you. Like I know that was intentional. This man, that was intentional. they're naked and they bend down in front of him. Like yes, yeah, first,
1: first they're all standing there, and then they, and it was so slow, and they had to be intentional. And then Charlton standing there, like like it. like he's standing there, and the way the camera is positioned, it's camed right above his crotch, and then yes. you see the two men. Go down very slowly and you just see the top of their heads and they move a little bit and they don't say a word. You just see movement. I'm like, they did that on purpose. They had to. Oh my God. That's just yeah. another right. funny point. Like right, I said, man, this whole movie was hilarious. I'm sorry. Like, I'm gonna put
2: porn music over that shot. Like that was, <laughs> <or> like porn <laughs> hub. So like the little porn hub logo in the corner. Oh man. All right, let's see. Where we at? <laughs> Turning down the part of Zero was one of Ingrid Bergman. Wow, greatest regrets. Ingrid, the legend.
1: Who's that?
2: She's a legendary actress. Uh, Much surprised at how well the finished film turned out, she later confided to her daughter, Isabella Rosalini that in hindsight, the film would have been an ideal opportunity for her to disregard her regal bearing. She also regretted missing the opportunity of working with Charlton Heston. What does that mean? She
1: was like a princess or something?
2: Yeah, Ingrid was like, she's a bit old school actress so she's you know that like all the oh. old classics you know and oh she's she like know. she's
1: old hollywood type yeah, i thought she was yeah. being like literal no like, no she no, came she, from a dynasty or something
2: no old hollywood yeah oh, okay okay
1: yeah.
0: yeah so producer arthur p jacobs enlisted several journalists to play background apes this was a clever way to ensure that they would write about the film. God damn, I love Hollywood. That was,
1: actually. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, like, grimy shit in Hollywood is always like,
0: "Mm, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) He was definitely worse back then. Yeah. Like, especially grimy. Yeah.
1: Kim Hunter reportedly found the facial-8 prosthetic so claustrophobic that she took a Valium each morning while being made up as Zira. After a while, she didn't think she needed the pills anymore and when one Went one day without one. After the morning's makeup session, she thought she did fine, but her makeup artist threatened to find someone to replace him if she didn't start taking them again, as apparently he became exhausted from wrestling with her the whole time. Damn. You
0: know, look uh, at did did um, uh, yeah, you, you ever fall asleep when you're when you're getting your haircut or or at a hairstylist? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, very very huge problem with me because they're like, will you please hold still? Can yeah, you yeah. wake up?
2: <laughs> you can't do that
0: because like being in a barber's chair getting a haircut is so relaxing yeah. right you, you don't realize you're sitting down you're dozing off and then they're moving your head around trying to get you to turn your head so they can give you a proper cut yeah it's incredible
2: Now, when i'm getting my hair twisted i've definitely fallen asleep many a time during that yeah All right. When Franklin J. Schaffner came on board as director, he grimed it up. Uh, One of his first (laughs) acts was to reimagine the Ape Society. In the script he was given, the apes lived in a high-tech world. Schaffner wanted it to be more primitive. This also helped to significantly reduce cost. Yep.
1: Makes sense.
0: He was like, I can't afford this. (laughs) So it was one of the two G-rated movies to feature nudity. The other being the Bible in the beginning from 1966. And finally, in 2001, A Space Odyssey was released the same year, 1968. I, I put that last one as a note to myself because it, re- it was remarkably so much like 2001 that I thought that it was a copy. But apparently that's, mm. that was just a style of filmmaking back then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this drone was
2: G-rated. Like they shoot the black man. That, that says a lot. They shoot the black
0: man, they and, uh right. they, does that, they have does full
1: that on nudity. Yeah, does that yeah. mean it the censoring board was more lenient or yeah, that? Uh, like, me, oh, good good honestly, job. To me, there was nothing in there. I mean, when you look at it from today's standards, there'd be people clutching pearls all up in arms, blood. Oh my yeah, god. But I'm like, yeah. in reality, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, no. like, you know how like especially Americans, they just make things seem so like much bigger than they are. Whereas like if you go outside of the country, it's like especially things that even it's not even about sex. It's about sexuality. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I can't let the children see that. And it's just like it's human nature. Like it's normal. Like it's nothing sexual about it. Right. It's just like that's the, that's a person. You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems to me like it was just just because during that time, like it was just more acceptable. It was lenient. And then what was the line that got crossed where they were like, oh, no, we see a drop of blood PG-13. Yeah. Right.
0: That that is wild that uh, that this was rated G. I was surprised by that. I, I don't. I don't get it actually because it either. seems to me that back then they were way more strict. Like, you know, I, I it's like everything I've seen that but they weren't, kind of, though. You think they violence. were
1: more strict back no, then weren't.
0: than
2: they are they, now? They're much more strict now. That's, That's what, what I it think. is. Because one, we didn't like, remember PG 13 came like in the middle of this? It was like PG movies back in the day were grimy. You know, you could get away <laughs> yeah, with so just... much in a PG movie that you cannot tell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this is rated G, though.
2: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If, if you can get away with that mm-hmm. much in a PG movie, in a G movie, you can shoot a black man.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. And right. Like that that's on the show. That probably just did.
2: Yeah. That probably got them their G rating. They were like, oh, you shot a black man? <laughs> G. General <laughs> <laughs> audiences, everyone
1: needs to see this. <laughs> nah, it was because them general... They, they, the, he probably got someone on the ratings board in the movie, too. They were like, oh, yeah, 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 just give this man <laughs> a G, just, you know. And
2: Charlton Heston was getting away with anything he wanted at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think that he was rather surly because he was sick for most of the film. And it was like, when I read that, I was like, well, that'll explain it. Mm -hmm. Because he was hyping up the acting. I think maybe having the flu kind of, you know, threw him off as far as his acting. That's probably why he overacted to compensate for being sick. Like he didn't want to appear sick. So he had to appear like whatever emotion that the script called for. So, so he doesn't always, <laughs> he, he didn't
1: always act like that? I thought that was that. That's he's his not, he kind of
0: over a lot. In, okay. In, that's
1: yeah. I, I just thought that was him. I, uh, and, uh, and it's <laughs> also
2: the time people over, you know, it's like different styles of acting were more prevalent, you know, whatever. And that he would, but Charlton has some, he, he is, he eats screens up. That's what okay. Charlton does. Okay. You know, them teeth are there for something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So that is it for the trivia. We're going to, after this uh, note you're about to hear, we're going to trans uh, transition over to see what the critics think. And we're back. Welcome to the segment where we talk about what the critics think. And as I perused the internets, the critics at Rotten Tomatoes gave it this uh, 86%. The audience score was 87%. And on IMDb reviews, it has an 8.0 out of 10. That's one of the highest uh, reviews on IMDb I've seen for any movie. Yeah. So that was actually uh, a pleasant surprise, I should say. Yeah. So um, Tatiana, if you could let us know what the, the first couple of critics thought about this movie.
1: Sure, John Mahoney from Hollywood Reporter said, by its appeal to both the imagination and the intellect within a context of action and elemental adventure, and its relevance to the consuming issues of its time, Planet Apes is a rare film which will transcend all age and social groupings. And then Renata Adler from the New York Times said, it is no good at all, but fun at moments to watch. Wow. That's very different (laughs) (laughs) viewpoints. That sounds like something
0: you would say almost.
2: (laughs) Uh, Pauline Kael of The New Yorker says, this picture is an enormous many-layered black joke on the hero and the audience. I didn't mean dark joke see yeah. how black yeah see oh, so trifling anyway and the audience and the part of the joke is the use of charlton heston as the hero yep. i don't think the movie could have been so forceful or so funny with anyone yes!
1: else Facts. that's what that would have been 100%, my review
2: 100 percent. yeah me too for real yeah because i love the multi-layered and yeah it's so funny um, Dennis Stack of the Kansas City Star says Planet of the Apes may have worked as a novel, but as a movie, it is a spectacular and ludicrous failure. You're a hater, Dennis.
1: I think people just take yeah. it too seriously. I think anyone who watches this as a critic watches and it's like, This is a failure of cinema, blah blah blah. I just think you are just as Benami mean, said, so you, you being a hater, you've taken it way too serious. Like you can see, I mean it's obvious what the storylines are about and all the different ways and the fact that we just had like yes we got these jokes off but we also had a very particular conversation about all the different themes present in this film and we were able to pull that out you know casually watching it on a Sunday like why couldn't you so that's you know when I see something like that I'm just like all right
2: I think a lot of them did pull that out, and that's why they were mad, too. You got to remember, you know. Oh, they were like, oh, were-
1: why isn't this so more, much more uh, serious? No, they were it's mad? like, no,
2: no, they were mad because they were being challenged. You got to remember, oh. a lot of these, no, not a lot. All of these critics are white people at this time. So they're all being like, oh, you know, oh,
0: you know, there's a right. lot of that,
2: too. <laughs> are,
1: are these reviews from that time, like that mm-hmm. time period? No. Some mm. of
0: these are from current time, but I didn't make a note of it. These Oh, are all okay. From
1: because the only reason why because there's no way Rotten Tomatoes would have had say eighty seven percent back in nineteen sixty eight. No, no,
2: they, there was no Rotten. It didn't tomatoes. exist, so yeah. yeah.
0: Right, right, right. So like, well, some of these people are still mad
2: idea. then, and still mad they were being <laughs> right, right, mad they were being challenged then.
0: Yeah. And what I think is also is some of these, like with well, this, is such a negative review is that some people, because it. this movie was so popular, I think that they, they got to be contrary. It's like yeah. everybody saying that they like it, so I'm going mm-hmm. to say some contrary to get some, I don't, yeah. to get, get some views, to get people to read yeah. the article. Right? Get some paper <laughs> some buys. Some yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. All right. So finally, Pat Graham from the Chicago Reader, he wrote this dismal FF Deep Think from 1968 that gave birth to an equally dismal string of sequels <laughs> and a TV series spinoff. I mean,
1: I mean, how dismal yeah. was it that <laughs> they had all these spinoffs though? Like it could have been yeah. that dismal. Someone was enjoying it. And you could say that about a lot of things that really are truly bad. I just don't think this fits that bill.
0: No. Right, right. And Roger Ebert from oh, Chicago wow. Sometimes, he's a, he, he has my heart. He's, he's one of my frenemies. Uh, I've been watching him since I was a, little, a wee tyke. he he wrote it's it is quickly paced completely entertaining and it's philosophical pretensions don't get in the way and here's what i'll say about this you lie like a sleeping dog this (laughs) thing is not quickly paced this thing is slow and it drags on it's like it's like when frankenstein chases you that's that's how quickly it goes along
1: but (laughs) it's not that
2: long so it's pretty quickly paced
1: it, you know, it felt quickly paced because I kept pressing the fast forward. Yeah, so
2: yeah, it was fine.
1: Absolutely
0: right. It, was fine. Right, it does right.
2: take a long time to get to the apes. That's the difference. It's yeah, a lot that, of time to get to the apes. Right. And in modern movies, you would see them in the first 15 minutes.
0: It didn't bother me. That it t- they could have been doing something else besides walking into the this. Is true, you know, that and then that spaceship, bro. They, they could have been a lot more action going on inside the spaceship. Look, like my man was smoking a cigar, he, was, he
1: had a black and yeah. mild <laughs> that is a uh, relaxing time yeah. of the trip. Right, right. That is not to have a lot of rah rah going on. Uh, you are relaxing right. with your cognac at that point,
0: <laughs> right? So,
1: was yeah, smoking I'm, in a spaceship, like, come on, bro. With right, a jet right. in the in the drawer Like come on my guy
0: right. Living on the, edge. It, with, <laughs> with the With the woman With the woman scientist Sleeping in her chamber talking And he thinking I can't wait to get some of that Yeah <laughs> gross. <laughs> he was
1: so grimy. He
0: couldn't get it. He, ke- he couldn't stop talking about her. Yeah. That was supposed to be our Eve. I'm yeah. like, come on, yeah, man. Yeah, when he uh, said
1: that, I was like, you're being weird now, sir. And it just got worse yeah, he, from
0: there. He's already
2: been weird. <laughs> like, this
1: is just yeah.
2: On brand for him at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh that, that's it for the critic review. So, finally, Planet of the Apes is, as of this recording, available on Tubi. Next week, we begin the Spock trilogy mm. within the hexology of the original Star Trek films that features Mr. Spock's death, resurrection, and redemption. The first of the series is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan.
2: One of the greatest films ever us. made.
0: Yes, yes, it's 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 great. It's I, I'll say this now, and I'll probably say it again when I record this next week. It, I was watching a film, and... Uh, I'm starting to tear up and whatnot. My mom looks over. Is like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you. Because <laughs> for real, Spock was my favorite character. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then uh, you can follow us on tr- uh, Twitter at Backlook Cinema or on Facebook or Instagram at Backlook Cinema Podcast for updates. Don't forget you can contact us with any questions, comments, or suggestions at fan at dot Do you guys have any additional plugs that you want to mention at this time?
2: Uh not especially. I think we mentioned everything about the show. Uh, I do want to say happy born day to my brother Melo Marketer.
1: Yeah. Uh, me
2: and me and him are working on something that what can I say? Nothing. I can say
1: I can say we're working on. <laughs> You're working on something. You're working on something that's important to the culture. That's what you're working on.
2: Yeah, that's about all I'll say. You know, keep <laughs> keep the, let's keep the suspense going for a little while longer. Yeah. Here we go. But it's dope yeah, and fire. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just um the only thing, thank you for having us. Appreciate you. Like I said, we're gonna come at you. You come at us, but it is all love. So thank you yeah, again. And-, and thank you. Uh, that does mean a lot that I mean, you you at the top you said, oh. Like we were heroes in ways, so I, I I appreciate that. Like that that really matters. So and and, and makes me more humble about what we're doing and and, and why we made Foral Nerds in the first place. So thank you for having us and even thinking about us and bringing us on and and really appreciate the time here.
2: Worried and yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with everything you just said, and especially even though because I know we get into it sometimes though, but you know I, I, it's all love. You know definitely. So thank you for having us for real. And this was great. This was really fun to be here.
0: Thanks. I really appreciate that. I'm trying real hard. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm doing it right or if I'm doing it wrong, but I'm going to do it some kind of way and just get it out there. Just and, do it. Right. And thank you so much for appearing on the show. I, I was just listening to the, while I was driving one day and you guys put the chat, I was like, you know, if you wanted to be on your podcast, I was like I wanted to be on my podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, here we are. And
0: I, right. And I did not know it was going to happen and here it is. And Thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I ain't going to lie when I was sitting down, getting ready to record and the little voice in the back of my head, is like, how are you going to mess this up? But no, no, I'm not going to mess it up. Go, go back to where you came from. Evil voice. So I'm glad, I'm glad we was able to do it. I, I very much appreciate you. So um, one last time, if you like this show, then please take some time out of your busy day to subscribe to the show, rate us, or write a review on Spotify podchaser.com or apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app and i know you've enjoyed our guests so please listen to for all nerds or views from 616 and watch them on twitch.tv slash for all nerds believe me it matters be safe share a movie from yesteryear with your family hug your loved ones and if you're going to be anything be outstanding